0: Welcome to episode 485 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team. Welcome along to episode four eight five. of Volume talk with Coach John Newsom and Bivin James. Oz. how you going, mate? I'm pretty good. Apparently, there's a bit of a race on last weekend.
1: Really? We might catch bit this week. Watching the rugby. Speaking of the rugby, we're, we're,
0: we're through. Playing the French. Yeah.
1: Everybody's are you worried? Nev- everyone's a bit nervous in New Zealand. I'm not. The French are crap right now. They're famous, always crap. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. This time next week.
0: This time we, next week, we're gonna we're gonna know if we got through. And then the Poms are gone, but the Welsh are playing the Springboks, mm-hmm. Australia's playing Scotland, mm-hmm. and the Argies are playing the Irish. Yes. It's a team. The World Cup is, is obviously the first thing, especially on our American listeners' minds. Yes. John, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by... Athletics.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your Arctic buffer. And our
1: patrons. And let's name a few. Peter Thorfaus. That's a great name. Thor. Next uh, one. Matthew Kenny Van Noose. I'm going to go uh,
0: the lumberjack, Jonathan Woodman. I wonder why we went there, John.
1: Your phone's going crazy. What's oh, all this about? Damn notifications. It's because oh, my, car, my car's broken off. down. I didn't even make it down your driveway. John's car's broken down. Oh, no. Not happy. Open your wallet, mate. Open oh, no. your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. It just physically does not happen. Ding. There we go. Blunder's texting me away. Just booking the car in. Kevin, the assassin hunt. And then Scott, how's that one? The, the Sleek chic Sheridan. There and we go. all these patrons, this time next year, might be in Kona. Well, not all of them, well, one, one of them. Of them. Yeah. So yeah, anybody so. who joins up the patrons program, you are in with a chance to be in Kona, and whatever level you come in, if you each level you go up, you get an extra ticket into the draw.
0: Okay, good times, rock and roll. Okay, guys, so this week's show is all very much about Kona. We did have another race on last weekend, but really, it was only one important race. Exactly. I wonder
1: what it was being like at Louisville when this race was on. Well, it was kind of cool because Louisville was actually on Sunday, oh, so you got to spend all Saturday watching, watching the Kona. race, oh. and it finished in time. And it, it would have the, the the pros would have been finishing in the evening, just about bedtime. You would have watched the end of that. You would have been fully pumped up for the day.
0: Great. Okay, um, Kona Super Special, John. Where do we all want to start? Where do we start? Race summary.
1: Yeah, we're going to do a race summary, and then I've d- done a really great race summary. Did a bunch of interviews yesterday, and we've got some more coming next week. So we've just done an interview with Torsten. We'll put that on afterwards. Uh, also had a quick catch up with Dylan McNeese, who did not have the race that he. Have, you, have we done that, or we're we doing that later? I've done that. Yep, and oh. he uh, he led out of the swim, but. Didn't go so well from there on, but a couple of people who did have really good races was Lucy Gossage and Joe Skipper, so I caught up with both of them. They were conveniently staying together over there in Kona, so caught up with them. That, Lucy, Two boots,
0: one stone? Yeah. Have you done an interview as well?
1: Yes, done that. Oh, mate, you're great. <laughs> Lucy was... 10th and Joe was 13th and then for another perspective um, Annette Lee who is was a legacy athlete over there yeah, my, so, my best friend yeah so that gives you an, a different perspective there and then as I said next week have you done uh, that interview as well you've done that interview as well <laughs> <laughs> loving it <laughs> and you did all the interviews last year I was just out there mucking around for ten and a half hours um, and then what I'm going to be doing we're going to do a couple more interviews today that we'll use for next week's show I'm going to do a couple more age group interviews as well yeah, I'm so Bevan's away, next week, away so. next week so then we'll have some more Kona stuff next week
0: okay good John. well let's let's talk the race so first of all um, first of all, did you watch the whole race?
1: I watched the majority of it. So got got up at five o'clock, and the race for in the morning. The race for us starts at five twenty-five for the men so I just watched the first sort of half hour of the swim while I was doing a bit of other work and then jumped on the trainer at 6 o'clock With the fillinator came around and did about a 3 hour trainer session
0: nice. Was it quality or was it just turning your legs over?
1: It was, t- it was turning the legs over, there was not a lot of quality we had uh, 3 laptops going <laughs> we had the rugby just playing the, the last part of the Wales Australia game yep. down on mute That's with one laptop yep. and then we didn't know that because it was on mute we didn't know these players would be sent off and it was, it was quite interesting watching that and then we had uh, the Ironman coverage on another one, and then we had some workout stuff Sports, going. Sports heaven, John! You have got all the all the sport happening in the world, and you're doing sport while you're doing it. And, and Thomas was cursing me because I stole the our kids have got our old laptop, and he was cursing. He wanted the laptop. I said, "Look, the other thing's mad." <laughs> you even iPad? Tom. No, uh-huh. no.
0: Okay, so um, I, admittedly, I, I really struggled to get to watch much of the race. It's really frustrating because I had work in the morning. And then just the way my – like, I got bits, but I didn't really get good Mm -hmm. quality a long period where I could watch the race. And I was kind of on the internet.
1: Um, I found that the mobile – going on the internet mobile wasn't very good. You could watch the video, and that was a big thing on the the mobile app, is you couldn't get the GPS coverage, and the GPS coverage was great.
0: Well, I didn't even know they had GPS. And Mm. then when I saw your note saying, oh, the way to watch it was – which we'll talk about later on, uh, I was like, oh, I wish I'd known about GPS. Because – the coverage, we'll talk about that in a second, but it is very kind of leader dominant. Mm. And so you don't really know what's happening behind. So
1: anyway, we'll, let's, let's talk We'll, we'll do a bit of a summary of the race. And we know a lot of you guys will have watched it. So we'll try not to just tell you to suck eggs and rehash each part, but just try to give us a little bit of, of our perspective. So, Really John's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> the swim, I thought, was really interesting at the beginning because you've got them all lining up there. And for people that don't know the Kona course, it is a clockwise course. So the shortest part, Shortest path is to start on the right-hand section of the start line, which is where you normally would get most of the... Fast m- m- Moderate, ...moderate... The main pack swimmers are all going to gravitate down there because they want to swim the shortest course. However, on this uh, occasion, you had... Um, on the left hand side a very a, a small group take off and that comprised of Dylan, McNeese who was one of the fastest swimmers in the field and Andy Potts plus a couple of ex-ITU guys. So immediately saw them going off the line and you had the big pack off the right and then you had this little arrow off to the left and they were w- well off to the left. Like so obviously they, 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 they talked to so. each other? Well no they didn't. As You'll hear, you'll hear that from Dylan later on so maybe we'll, I won't rehash that now. But no they didn't but they both was thinking the same thing. Let's get away from where the the, the other guys are and try to get away and try to break the field up more than what it um, has happened in the past and initially I was thinking right they're onto it here they've got those two there that'll lead the swim and you might have some ITU guys that hang with them and you might get that bunch of Five, six, seven, Go eight, be, something like not that. Not just one or two, yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah. So Dylan and um and Potts just ended up pulling away. And then Fredino was there. Fredino was there, sorry, as well. Yep. And then when when it got to halfway, they had a nice lead, and this the pack that came round at halfway was ginormous. So there was no kind of people falling off? Like? There, was, there, was a, there was a massive pack, and then there was a big gap to the the next slot, which is like you know you guys like Cam Brown, Marino, and that. But it was it was you know a massive gap. If you missed that front pack, there was no in between. Really, it was you're there or you're a couple of minutes off the pace. Wow. So that that was pretty interesting. Probably the the, the end of the swim, I was getting pretty frustrated, as I think Tony Hodge was. I read on Facebook because um, and you'll hear more about this from from Dylan in a moment. Fredino just started cranking up the pace, and you know Dylan's the the swimmer there, and he wants to take the swim out. And Fredino's cranking it cranking it and they're basically it's the same thing happened last year with Potts it's a sprint finish going into the pier you know, shoulder to shoulder banging into each other Fredino had the inside line and Dylan really had to bloody force Get his way in and it was you know got, got the Supreme by What's I don't know a metre I don't know if there's money or not anymore yeah. It was great for Dylan for for Blue Seventeen. Yeah, yeah, so he'll he'll do well out of that, but whether there's actually any money anymore, I don't know. And I don't they used to have that Timex thing where it was a swim and then you'd bike like yeah, to so the top of know. But I didn't notice there's that at all. Nowadays, so it? I'd be surprised if there was. So there may well not have been any money on the line from WTC, but it's good for Dylan's profile, and I'm sure he would uh, do well out of it from, from Blue 70. So it was very close coming out of the swim. And then I think the main thing that came out of the swim was the fact that Keenlay made that big, massive group that came out, whereas the year before, he was three minutes off the pace, and that's similar to what we've seen in the past as well. So
0: at this moment, you're thinking what?
1: Uh, it's just business as usual. You know? Yeah, but, you know, like a Keenlay being there? Oh, Keen, no, Keen, Keenlay was the one difference different. Everything else business as usual Uh, but yeah so it was uh, Keenlay was going to get to the front of the race a hell of a lot earlier than what he had in the past and I guess the other thing you're thinking is is Fredino just going to try to TT off the front like we saw him do at Frankfurt Frankfurt, like we saw him at 70.3 champs or is he going to Cruise around. So, and we're going to do a summary of all the men's race first. We're not ignoring the women whatsoever. Okay, so we're going we'll do, do all the males first, and then we'll go through the females. Okay, so then uh, what's what's I the one other bit? thing was in the swim. So, Lionel Sanders, who we know is a fantastic runner, uh, I think he won Florida last year when there was no swim. Is a bit of a crappy swimmer. Yep. And then the uh, the one guy who we saw in the sprint finish a few weeks ago at was
0: not
1: it Was it Wisconsin or was it somewhere else? Somewhere no, it
0: was Chattanooga. Chattanooga uh,
1: Matt, Matt Char- Charbot uh, was there in the sprint finish and he was racing and, and maybe you think he wasn't necessarily all there if he only raced a couple of weeks before. But it, it seemed, and the commentators were saying this as well, so maybe they knew the inside word, was Charbot was intentionally just swimming slowly so Lionel Sanders could just sit on his feet and get dragged through the swim in the hope that he could bike and run his way through the field. It was interesting. And did he? Uh, he, he didn't end up really running through the field where did he finish, he finished in 14th place so it's not a bad result, but it's no payday but uh, yeah and, and Charbot maybe was just helping out a mate that's an interesting thing to do, isn't it? Well maybe you just go you're going over there anyway for sponsorship stuff and you're thinking yeah, but you're still paying oh no, I you probably you're, not paying you. But oh, you're, yeah. you're thinking, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not really here to, to race because I had my good race two weeks ago. Did you say about a finish? Uh, I, I
0: can't
1: yeah, remember. I'll, I'll have a look. I'll, I'll have, look. have a look. So no not really sure what what the game was there. But then um, yeah, they got onto the bike and Fredino just went straight to the front and just started settling into his work, and God, he looks good on the bike, I seem to remember when he first started long course racing, because he's a big tall guy, he didn't look that good on the bike, but man, he just looks like a, just perfect on the bike, you know, just set up really nicely and just nice and aero and just bike so smoothly. Uh, but it, would, it didn't, didn't take too long for the group to catch them. So they had, you know, about a minute and a half coming out of the swim and it wasn't that long into the bike before, you know, Keenlay and the rest of the group came through and caught them and Keenlay pretty much went to the front and everybody just sat so behind you're, him. So you're
0: thinking at this moment he's going to take off?
1: Well, or you think, think he'd wait a little bit and then...? I'm thinking he's just going to sit there and just set a nice tempo, and then when they get out towards Harvey, then he'll start to crank it, and then they'll just drop off and drop off and drop off, and probably one or two will stay with him. But that's kind of what you felt would happen. You know, it's normally... The, the end of the Queen K to Harvey and back is a section where you can make some big time. And then, of course, the Queen K home is where you really put the nail in the coffin, but kind of felt that maybe not heaps is going to happen between um, then. Some of the post race comments you see from Fredino is you know, he saw Keenlay coming, and when Keenlay passed him uh, on the bike, he's singing, Yeah, man, that dude's had to work reasonably hard to get up here, so he's probably burned a few matches. Yep. So, yeah, it was uh, Keenlay was. Yeah, they all just sort of but he stay together. Has that. Mm. You know, yeah,
0: Kenley, it's true. You know, like it's not like that's a new thing for Kenley. You know, if this year, if anything, he's actually in a better position because he's come out of the water three minutes, you know, ahead of where he was last year. Mm. So it's, you know, he's always kind of killing himself in that first part.
1: Exactly. Uh, so I pretty much stayed together till the end of the Queen K. And then you're kind of thinking the action's going to start to heat up. And. But Keenlay still didn't take a flyer and then all of a sudden coming through his aid station um, for those that didn't watch all the coverage Ben Hoffman just took this flyer through this aid station and uh, just rode around everybody went to the front and just started caning off the front and got a a, a pretty decent lead on the, the way up to Harvey but by the time they got to Harvey, uh, there were 16 guys within 25 seconds, which basically yep. means, you know, pace line. Yep. And it may well have been longer than that. I was just looking at the one of the feeds on the, the live updates and the 16 guys, it might have been more than that. Uh, so that was interesting that there's so many guys are together at that stage. Where often you see groups of two, three sort of getting away. And Well, you normally, normally on.
0: about this point in the race. The cyclists are, are playing their cards, aren't they? Mm.
1: And even if it's a small gap, you know, they're thinking, right? We'll attack just before the turn because it is a. You normally get quite a lot of headwind just before Harvey. And you're going and up, and you're going up, yep. and, the, and the last part is a it's bit good more chance up. To get away. Yeah, and you're thinking, if I just get a small gap here, then really nail it on the way down. And the person who did end up nailing it on the way down this year was Tim O'Donnell. So a bit like Hoffman tried to take this flyer on the way up, O'Donnell just went nut bar on the so, way down. So what
0: happened there? He just took a
1: risk? Yeah, well, he, he and he said in the post-race comments, what happened? Every other year, he gets the turnaround and he's in that line of 10, 15 guys and, get, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, that uh, concertina effect happens as you go around and then all of a sudden it starts to split up and guys are getting dropped when someone like Keenley gets on the front and just nails it and he said this year that was not going to be me so I wanted to get to the turnaround if not in first, very close to first and then put the pressure on and make sure I was there and ready for, for the attacks and he did that and he said almost accidentally rode off the front <laughs> and then he turns around there's nobody there and he just started cranking it and his lead got up to about a minute at one stage
0: Um, Which is phenomenal because you don't think of O'Donnell as a top cyclist, do you? He's oh, yeah, obviously he, a good athlete,
1: but you, don't, you know he's not the names we pull out when we say top cyclists. Well, you don't pull him out for a top cyclist, and, you, and, you, and you, uh, I don't think anybody on our on Facebook predict him as a top finish either. No, so, no. Uh, but it was very odd because he got this one-minute lead, and then I haven't se- a- seen any commentary as to what happened. He was coming through Waikaloas, so what happens is you come down from Harvey, you have this climb out of Kawaii, which is a real difficult part of the course, and then you turn back onto the Queen K, Go along there a bit and then you come um, past sort of the Waikaloa townships. Uh, you've got the township on your left and then you've got the sort of the beach resorts on your right. And for that, for some reason around there, he started slowing down and he was talking to like the lead vehicle and it was unclear oh, okay. as to whether he had a mechanical, whether something was going wrong. Uh, it did look like uh, I noticed him going through one aid station. He missed like every drink bottle. There's this one aid station around um, Manalani, which is if you have a tailwind. I remember last year, I just went bang, 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 bang missed every single drink bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one, I, I knocked about. Domino effect, because you, it's it's slightly downhill, tailwind. You're going 60k an hour. Yeah. It's just impossible. And so maybe he needed. I don't know. I don't. Know, I haven't seen what the problem was. But at that stage, he seemed to slow down. And then uh, Keenley and Fredino, who had ridden off the front of the the rest of the group, uh, caught him up. And there was sort of that, that threesome together off the front of the bike.
0: And Keenley still didn't try to break away.
1: No, well, he may have tried, but he couldn't, uh, do it. couldn't do it. Quite hard to tell. But a really interesting observation that I made is that at 163 k's of the bike, there was only two, uh, two and a half minutes covering the top 11.
0: Which is not what we normally see, is it? No. You know, Normally at a stage you've got like a, you know, a bow. you know, I mean, I'm was talking about McKenzie, you know, yep. these top guys well ahead, you know, from the rest of the pack.
1: mm and then you've got little groups behind yeah. it. So they they might have two and a half minutes back to say yeah. Freddie Van Leer and stuff and then you have another two and a half minutes back to the yeah. runners and then another two and a half minutes back to say the ITU guys and so stuff with like that. So at
0: that stage you're thinking what, a runner's gonna obviously you're probably thinking Fredino. Yeah, but outside absolutely. of Fredino, what are you thinking?
1: Are well, you thinking Fredino's gonna absolutely crush it? You're thinking Keenley ran really well at seventy point three champs, so he's Probably possibly really good for second and you just you just didn't know what to think with O'Donnell is he is gonna com- have the race of his life be that the outsider who makes it onto the podium, the podium or he's gonna totally explode on the run and uh, knock it anywhere. Yep. Uh and then but at that stage you've still got those really good guys back there in terms of they're only two and a half minutes back at hundred and sixty three K. Yeah. So anybody else could run through to to get on the podium. It's pretty interesting times. So you yeah, you come at hundred and sixty three K you're thinking, okay you're going to have these three guys come off the bike together and might have a bit of a running race and we might have uh, some other good bunches behind it. Then all of a sudden, Frodo, a bit like he did in the swim where he started bloody trying to hammer Dylan McNeese, he just killed the last sort of five to seven K of the bike and just got this nice healthy lead going to transition. It was a fantastic move, um, because he came into transition and he had a, a nice lead on O'Donnell and I think he had sort of forty five to sixty seconds almost in Keenley, and that was it was literally over the last five to ten just kilometers. Just um pushed the pace didn't you know I, I looked at my power profile from last year and you kind of see this when you come past the airport and you're in the last section of the town you do have quite a bit of down, gentle downhill yep. and so you can kind of think alright just regroup get ready for the run power yep. drops off a bit but he, he may that may have been part of his tactic but he obviously seemed to increase it or the other guys slowed down but he put a big Big time gains, not just into those two, but into the rest of those guys that I said. You know, you had other guys that were two and a half minutes down, 163k. And then by 180k, they were significantly more, than, um, more time down. So it was, uh, yeah, fantastic move by Fredino at that stage. And in some ways, you could almost say that that basically won in the race.
0: Well, you know, because the thing is, I jumped on when he just started the run, and they're talking the record at this mm. stage, you know, because Fredino is such a high-pedigree runner that, you know, they're talking, mm. well, if he can run a 241 today, he's going to beat Crowley's record and mm. all this kind of stuff, and he and he went pretty hard in the early part of the run as well, which we'll talk about in a second, but, like, it was kind of like, well, who's going to get second, you mm. know, in my mind. Mm. So the top 10 coming off the bike, we had Fredino, we had O'Donnell, we had Keenley, and so, Nick so I thought he was in a pretty good position. Yeah. You know, I thought, well, he's, he can run.
1: He was one th- 139 down. Yep.
0: Uh, Freddie Van Laird, Brett McMahon, uh, Ben Hoffman, Andy is this is his name? Yeah, something yep. like that. Tyler Butterfield, Mark Twisick, Andrew, i oh, sorry, Andreas Reilu, Andy Potts, Roman, how's his name? Guillaume?
1: Yeah. Guillaume.
0: And uh, Marino Van Helnecker. So that was kind of like the top 15 coming off the bike. Mm. So...
1: Pretty interesting mix
0: of athletes, isn't
1: it? It is. So we look at again, and Andreas Raylert, as I said before, yeah, one sixty three. There was only two and a half minutes covering the top eleven. He was five minutes down. And he was in eleventh place. So he had a bit of a crash. Yeah, it was hard to know why. It didn't look like he'd had a crash, but he had some sort of stoppage stoppage on the on the bike. But that was, that was, was it, early, long? it was earlier on. I Couldn't tell because he was one athlete who did not have his. You uh, weren't getting any GPS data oh, off him. He, okay. he had dropped his his there. And one other funny story that I heard the commentator saying was uh, Tim Don coming out of T two, uh, accidentally dropped his GPS tracker in the toilet. Oh, did he? <laughs> and uh, you don't want to go fishing things out of those toilets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you got a drafting
1: penalty as well. Mm. So yeah, really not sure what happened to him, he either crash or punch. One crash that they did show, didn't show the crash, but they showed the after effect was uh, Matt Hansen who was won the USA League of the Championship series and his fantastic runner uh managed to crash out on Hot Corner so you come down the steep hill in Palani and then you make a left hand turn into the Kuakini Highway at mm. the start of the bike ride not at the end and uh, somehow managed to crash there but he did carry on but I don't think he finished
0: Okay, so coming off the bike, we're thinking fredino has got this, he's going to smash it mm. and it's a race for second um, and it was more just who's going to get in second place. That's kind of the mindset that
1: most of us had. Mm. Uh, so what happened in the run? Well, what was interesting was, yeah, Fredino took off uh, like he was you know, running on hot coals, was just putting really good time into O'Donnell and Keenley. What I was noting was that he was putting time into everybody, Except for Andreas Raylert. Um and they weren't picking didn't seem to pick up on this early particularly on. early on. It was pretty clear once they got about halfway in. But when you saw the first split at the end of a lead drive, the the time split to Raylert and Fredino was the same, or very close to being the yep. same. So I was thinking, man, that dude is gonna Raylert's gonna run up into the the podium at least if he keeps that up. Um and then then it started to really get interesting. Keenlay was, was slipping back and you kind of got the feeling that he was going to keep slipping back and he did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden, so I, I, at, this, at this stage, uh, I was just kind of watching it, mucking around at home and then I actually went around to the Philanade's place, borrow his treadmill because I'm, I'm just starting to get back running, which I is kind see. of exciting. Yep. And I thought, I'll jump on there. Philanade took all the kids down to the park and I did sort of a, just about a 40-minute, um, treadmill session, and I had the iPhone in front of me and I had my earplugs in, and so I was kind of watching it. And But when I started, it was kind of, yep, still thinking Fredino's going to crush it and whatever's going to happen. But then all of a sudden, uh, Tim O'Donnell was two minutes down at the stage on Fredino, so it wasn't that far because mm. he, he was running well. Then all of a sudden, it started closing up. It, O'Donnell started gaining on Fredino, and um, Raylert was still coming on really strong. So you're thinking Raylert's going to catch O'Donnell, and if Fredino is blowing, this was still, they were still on the Queen so K, they w- weren't at the oh, energy, Queen K, okay. yeah, on the Queen K, weren't at the energy lab, so you've still got, you know, a long way to go, I was thinking, this is going to be awesome, okay, I was thinking, Raylur's going to take it, and I was just like, This is awesome. I'd I'd love to see Rayleigh Oh, I
0: would love. Like I I was so stoked to see his race. Yeah, you know, for him to pull off what he pulled off was great. Would amazing if he won it.
1: Yeah, from the position he was in, five minutes down off the bike. Because
0: when the commentators when when they kind of did start to pick up on him, though, they were kind of cautious that he was running too fast. Yes, they were like, oh, the speed he's doing. It was almost like there's no way he can maintain this. Mm.
1: Um, because at the times where he has done very well, you know he has run up a uh, run with Croe, but yeah. then faded late in the run when he caught macca, you know he, he had to run very hard to catch yeah, just had a bit more didn 't do it, it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was thinking this is game on, it could be game on it was, all of a sudden, my interest levels changed significantly from thinking this is Fredino's just going to waltz away with this to thinking right we've got a we're a real race on our hands, and uh from there on in it was it was really compelling viewing, so when um, when they went to the energy lab though Fredino then either picked it up Or the others slowed down a bit And it started switching the other way And then it got back out to four minutes so you're kind of thinking Well yeah, it's, it's sort of over. game over But Ray Luke came through Caught up to Tim O'Donnell And, well, and ran past him fight, but not really Well he ran past him pretty hard You could see he put in a big surge to run past him and O'Donnell just buried himself to really? try to stay with him. But it did last about five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then Raylert looked Because I was, I was good. at the
0: beach at this stage, so I was just turning to notes and they go, Oh, O'Donnell is fighting hard to stay with Raylert and then the next Raylert is fifty metres ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was a pretty pretty strong push. Uh so Fredino did say post race in the interviews that I've seen was that the energy lab was a key part of the race for him. He was uh he was not worried about it but that was the part where he said you know that's where it's really game on I really want to be strong coming out of there and whilst he did put time into the others when he was running back along the queen k and the finish of the race he was looking like he was running on fumes he really? he didn't have that long loping stride of his he was hardly towing off at all he just his head was tilting back he just looked still looked fine but did not look like the normal Frodo So he was uh, he was in a world of pain uh, To be honest And
0: again I didn't watch the whole run But the parts I did watch him in the run It seemed like he got himself in a good position off the bike And he just played a good game of chess If you know what I mean Like he just conserved Like every aid station he would take his time hmm. He was you know He was he was almost a little bit um, Allowing himself the time and space To kind of just get through the run If you mm. know what I mean Like mm. it wasn't Obviously at the beginning point he was a bit aggressive But it was really just to myself allow myself to take time where I need to and then, you know, then get myself to that last part of the run and just get home.
1: Yep, no, I would agree with that. It would have been really interesting to see him get put under a bit more pressure. I think he probably would have had a little more in the tank. That being said, he did look completely smoked at the finish. Did he? So he was, uh, yeah, fantastic race. So in terms of our top 10 that we had over there, uh, yeah, there was a lot of changes uh, on, uh, during the run, in terms of the positions, so first place we had uh, Ian Fredino. He swam fifty fifty, rode 4.27-27 and only ran two fifty two twenty one for a total time of eight fourteen forty. Uh, so about th- it
0: was a slow down to run, wasn't it? You it know, if was. we look at these run times, you know, Fredino, we're thinking this guy can run sub two forty, aren't we?
1: Absolutely. I think he's the fastest runner that's ever done Ironman yeah probably you know, then maybe you could argue you could pick pick holes in that a little bit with maybe how fast was Mark allen half how, how fast was uh, Luke van Laird, but I think pure running ability is the fastest ever yep. and so he's got the capacity to run well under 240 but the heat sounded insane but in also
0: does he does he could see that he's not going to run that kind of pace if he's going to ride like that mm. yeah, you mm. know what I mean like you know like sure if you if you sit in the pack you look like a crowy kind of strategy where you kind mm-hmm. of sit in the pack and then just run like a rock star. Yeah, you know, Fredino didn't go for that strategy, did he?
1: Mm, no, not at all. Yeah. So Andreas Stradler ended up being uh, about three three minutes back in second place, and Tim O'Donnell, you got to take your hats off to him. Yeah, it, we often say this: you have your one guy on the race who. Uh, really good athlete, but you wouldn't be picking him for your top three. And almost always you have one on the podium. And this year it was Tim O'Donnell, fantastic race, only a minute behind, uh, Ray Lert. So what I about
0: O'Donnell is, is, that he's learnt the race, mm. you know, cause we've been every time we've been to Kona, he's, he's always been kind of top 10 ish, mm-hmm. you know, good races, bad races, you know, but, but he's kind of learned and learned. And, you know, and this is a big result for him. And, uh, You know, it kind of takes him to that next level of belief, and you know, who knows what that opens up for his ability wise.
1: And that's the thing. So, we see every year we have one guy get on the podium, but then can they back it up? So, you know, we had Hoffman last year, we had McKenzie, say, the year before. They haven't managed to back it up yet. So a great race by him. Andy Potts uh, is just such a consistent athlete there, and he's a big unit. We've said it before, but he had a, a really good run there, and yeah, you know, was was not far off running himself into the podium. Eight twenty one. Tyler Butterfield just had a consistent all round race, and eight twenty three. Cyril Vigneau, the Frenchy, he's an un- underrated athlete by the rest of the world because he's French, and we often don't take as much notice of the European athletes as perhaps we should. But he had another great race. He was similar position last year. Eight twenty five. Anika Lanos, he hasn't had a good Kona for a long time, 8.28.
0: Yeah, it's pretty he didn't run maybe to the level he could run because if he ran 10 minutes faster, which is, you know, to 54, which is realistic, mm. you know, he would have got third place.
1: Yep. You know, so. Yeah. So he set himself up for a podium but just didn't yeah. have it for what for whatever reason. Brent McMahon, um, who I'd picked to no, be Sebastian on the podium. was eight. Osbastien was 8th, and then Brent McMahon was ninth in 8.30, so only 30 seconds off uh, Keenlay, and then Boris Stein in 10th place in 8.31. So we had four Germans in the top 10, uh, two Americans, uh, so, yeah, a, a good, Matt,
0: good uh, spread. And did finish.
1: Yes. He, got, uh,
0: he did a 10.07. 10.07, yeah.
1: So you got to say bloody hard to make the top 10 <laughs> when you get guys like brent mcmahon who's had two ironmans two sub eight hour efforts yeah, uh, and yeah. he's in ninth place you've got keen who is in eighth place defending champion and you lanos who's been one of the most consistent athletes and podiumed all over the place and won big races in seventh place
0: and there's a moment in the sport for lanos where he was the talk of the town wasn't yeah. he a few
1: years ago and so to get a top 10 is bloody hard uh and even to get a top 20 well you gotta go
0: basically eight and a half in kona yeah
1: So it's (laughs) uh, it was close racing from you know, fourth through tenth was was ten minutes, and, and anything can happen, and and yeah, you know, the run ten minutes is not that much time. So, yeah, I thought it was uh, it was a hell of a lot better race than I thought it was going to be. I just thought Fredino was going to kill everybody, uh, but it ended up being nice and interesting.
0: Okay, so a couple of things. It was a hot day in the run. Mm. Uh, no no wind, no cloud cover.
1: It sounded like there was a bit a little bit of cloud cover late in the run, but for both for on the bike, it sounded like it was particularly hot. Um, and on the run, it was just. It's just sounded like it was one of the hottest conditions I've ever had. As you'll hear from some of the pros, uh, the wind on the bike was, was was not particularly bad. You know, they had a little bit of wind here, they didn't have much wind at a different part. Of course you always get a bit of wind up at Harvey. They had a bit of headwind on the way back, so there certainly was some wind, but there was a lot it sounds like there was a lot more wind last year. So it was sort of a normalish Year Currently, on the bike, yeah. but the big difference was was the run. The swim uh, reports I've had back from athletes was 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 also a touch long as well. In terms of GPS readings are coming out, at sort of four four point one yeah. stuff like that. So either a little bit long or just a little bit slower on the on the. Um, Lots of DNFs you know,
0: in the men's. We had thirty percent. We had uh, Marino didn't make it. Cam Arnott's, Bow McKenzie, Cave Cave
1: Cave. Oh, she's on the girls' side of yeah. things. Um, yeah, so a lot of yeah, But as you'll hear from Torsten we talk about, a bit more about the DNF rate.
2: So
0: yeah, mm. okay. So basically, you've also got another good champion who speaks their mind.
1: Yeah, just uh, but on both sides. So Reef and you know I've, I've watched a couple of interviews with Reef and Fredino and they both just talk really well. They don't give you the the vanilla answers. They actually yeah. go go a little bit deeper. So I really enjoyed both of them sort of talking post race. Good times.
0: Okay, um, women's race jumbo. Yes.
1: So swim. Our dojo domination's twenty minutes, isn't it? I think that's yeah, what it is really twenty
0: minutes. For. This is but for a world champion, we could probably say we're going to listen that because it's a harder
1: field. It's very Chris, very Chrissy like. I mean, she doesn't run as fast as Chrissy, but uh, and she probably swims maybe a little bit quicker. Bikes probably be interesting to Chrissy similar. here now, wouldn't it? It would. You know,
0: because Reef looks like she's going to be the, the next Chrissy, is not she? She's you know what I mean? It. Like, yeah. You know, Joycie had a great race. Could have Rennie You know, we know Rene, Unfortunately, Runny had a crash a week before the race. She wasn't riding really well. She pulled out in the ride. Unfortunate. Do you think she could have been there that the day?
1: No, no, no. I mean, she. Might, I, I, no doubt she would have put on a stellar run and would have run a lot of time. And as you hear from Torsten statistically, you know, if she'd raced like she has in the past, probably would have run, could have run herself into second. But I just can't see her being within enough time on the uh, uh, on the bike if even if she hadn't been right she would have had to have raced significantly better than what she's raced in the past to have, to have won that race i think so but we'll never know maybe we'll find out next year so the swim was kind of business as usual from what i could see on the girls side of things uh you had swallow kind of leading it out a bit it seemed so to she's sp- only 28 yeah reef yeah uh, spread out pretty quickly in the swim from what I could see compared to the guys you know you had a lot more girls dropping off the back so quite a bit more variability in, in effort uh, in terms of ability on the girls side of things so uh, you had the, the usual contenders like Swallow at the front, sort of cranking it, but a bit like Keenlay in the the guys' swim, Reef, who can sometimes lose a bit of time in the swim, she was right there with all the the main contenders coming out of the swim, last year she was about a minute off the front girls, this year she was right with them, so a bit like the guys' race, boom, she was at the front of the race very quickly once they got on the bike, Rennie, Yes, we know she was a bit injured, but she was further off the pace in the swim than what she normally would have been. She was sort of five to six minutes off the pace versus on the years when she's had good swims, she's maybe only sort of in that three minutes off the pace. So already coming out of the swim, you're thinking not looking so good for her. And you It was know, pretty obvious
0: pretty early on because I, I I got on the internet at some stage and <clears throat> she was miles back
1: and this was early in the bike. She was going backwards quickly. So, um, So, yeah, there wasn't. Anything amazing that came out of the swim, you just had your, your usual contenders uh, coming out and you had that good-sized female group to start uh, duking it out on onto the bike.
3: Then
1: mm. um, when they got on the bike, yeah, Reef got to the front pretty early and it was, it was almost a carbon copy of the guy. She just sat on the front and you're kind of thinking, when's she going to go? Um, but all the other girls were just, were just lined up behind her, hard to know how hard they were working but they're all just lined up behind her and Reef was just, just sat on the front. At some stages, you've eventually got a couple of other girls riding around her on the Queen Cave, but for for a long part of the ride, uh, she just was on the front and everyone was just hanging on to her wheel. The big loser early in the bike ride, or a couple of big losers, was, was Rachel Joyce, so she was right there. Yeah, because
0: obviously Joyce is a great swimmer.
1: Mm, and she was. she was. She was right there out of the swim. And I saw a very quick interview with her yesterday and she just had a, either a brain fade or just completely screwed up her transition lost the group and then was just feeling a bit shitty on the bike and just said that they were just drilling it and she just couldn't get on and and she was losing time quickly it ballooned out four minutes pretty quickly
0: and at this stage you're almost thinking far out Mm. you know Podium's not going to happen
1: today. Yep, that's what I was saying. I was thinking definitely the wind's gone because Reef's up the road. And yeah, I was thinking podium's potentially gone as well. And Gina yeah. Crawford was the one other one that is normally with that group and she was uh, not on the pace like she normally is and, and dropped off pretty quickly and eventually ended up uh, DNFing, unfortunately. So not sure exactly why, but she's been a you know consistent top 10, 10 f- yeah. former over there and, and really trying to get more towards that sort of top five. So yeah, it wasn't till the, the end of the towards the end of the Queen K that Re finally started to pull away, and then just kept going off the front, and then they just just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. So, we, but when, we, according to the 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 uh, the, the tracker at Harvey. She only had 12 seconds on Jodie Swallow, but she had pushed out to about a minute and a half over the rest of the pack. You had Mary Beth Alice, Camilla Peterson, Annabelle Luxford, and Michelle Vesterby sort of in that minute and a half to two minutes um, behind by the time they got to Harvey. Caroline Stephan was 3.21 down at Harvey with Liz Blatchford, and Leander Cave, who we're not sure if she had a crash on the bike or what the deal was, but she was back at 6.48, and Joycey by uh, Harvey, uh, 6.55 down. Really? and then by the time they'd got to T2 Daniela uh had pushed it out to 7.25 over Jody Swallow 8.38 to Manny So this that's had you thinking the
0: game over aren't you Oh absolutely You know like we're only halfway through Billy ride.
1: Yeah and, and, and this is not to people like Rennie who can run 10 minutes into her it's to people that run about the same as her Yeah uh, if not slower, Camilla Peterson was 8:59 down, and Michelle Vissibi was 10 minutes down. Rachel Joyce was in sixth place, 10:57 down. So, Joycey um, had made a, made a bit of a move in the second half in terms of moving her position up from 10th to sixth, but was yeah 11, basically 11 minutes down coming off the bikes. So, yeah, so you had the with the girls race did change a bit, you know, you have those little pockets of ones and twos and stuff, and you're kind of thinking, uh, yeah, Jodie Swallow, I'm wondering what's going to happen to her, she's had some explosions in the past, but started pretty strong on the run. But unfortunately, then had another one of her explosions. <laughs> as, did Mary, as did Mary Beth Ellis. Mary Beth Ellis was she was looking good for a while. She wasn't was she? sitting in third, but then she got up onto the Queen K, and then the explosions started happening She ended for her. up 15th did wasn't she? Yeah, which was a real shame. Camilla Peterson, uh, and for those of you that didn't watch the coverage, she you know. Not, not 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 that long ago, she was in a coma for three weeks. So to make that come back and be right up there was uh, was pretty awesome to see. Michelle Vesterby is who's not the best runner uh, ended up. Um, yeah, she was she was in third for a while. I'm not sure if she made it up to second, but ended up finishing in fourth place. She'll so be happy for that, but that's th- th- a sp- for her, isn't it? Pumped when was she, she crossed the finish really? line. Yeah, and she kept on being pumped. She was pumped when she crossed the finish line, <laughs> but then just kept on celebrating. Uh, she's it, a hoop, buddy eh? she's good one say. of the lovely
0: people you ever meet, eh? Hey? Yeah. She's just this real cool chick.
1: Mm. So Reef was just strong and steady. Uh it, as you said, it never really looked in doubt. She wasn't slowing down. In fact, you know, she had one of the fastest run splits, so it was uh it, yeah, it was it was never in question, really. And she just uh didn't didn't do it easy. But last year you kind of saw her running along. And she looked really pink in the face yeah. and looked really like she was she was she was suffering as she was going through and looked like she was she was really
0: taking any risks.
1: Yeah this year You
0: know, she, like you give the bike with that kind of lead. Mm.
1: You're not you're not taking any
0: risks, are you? No. So you she uh,
1: she had it all under control. We had
0: and, no sub three runners and even the boys even, were only one I think it was only one sub two fifty.
1: Yeah, so David McNamee was uh, had the fastest runs, but on debut, two forty nine. Yeah. He's a good runner, he's a former ITU guy, but it's not Particularly fast. No,
0: and and the, and the fastest girls is only low three hours. Yeah, 30,
1: 306 I think was the, the fastest run split. I think Liz Blatchford three o six yeah. twenty five. So Daniela Reef three o six thirty seven. It was only ten seconds off the fastest uh, run split, and she looked like she was suffering like a dog. A bit like Fredino towards the end of the run. Oh, did she? Oh, she was. I was painful watching them. They just looked like they weren't moving. They were still going at a good pace. But they just didn't look like they were moving very quickly, especially from the the long, high aerial shots. So yeah, real, real. Uh, Joycie got into second. I don't know what K it was, but it seemed reasonably quickly she moved up into second and, and she looked really good and was just ticking over with a really nice cadence and had the towel over the shoulders and stuff and just looked um sort of regular regular juicy, and, and going quite well. So you kind of thought she had second wrapped up. Man, there was just changes all over the place from third through second. was, to it, was tenth.
0: it was it was it like good racing or was it just that people were falling back and getting overtaken?
1: Uh, there was a, there was a bit of everything because you had some girls like Marybeth Beth Ellis and Swallow who just completely exploded yep. and they were going backwards at the rate of knots and then there was just all these other subtle changes, you know, a lot of, you know, you look at third um, uh, Blatsford, she ran 3.06 Michelle Vestaby went a bit backwards, cause she ran 3.17, Heather Jackson ran through well 3.07, Susie Cheltenham ran 3.06 Sarah Pampiona ran 3.06 Camila Peterson went a bit backwards, she ran 3.25, Caroline Stephan went a backwards, bit backwards, she ran 3.15, so there was a lot of are changing there those girls who were able to get into those 306 307 were able to make quite a bit of gains 315 you kind of maybe held your place 325 you you were sort of going backwards so yeah there was a lot of change um and it was good good to see annabelle luxford was probably the one that i thought you know might have a chance of doing really well she only ran 327 uh and ended up in, in 12th place so yeah it was it was really interesting stuff We'll go into the, the 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 coverage in a moment, but it is quite hard to tell what's going on because of if you just look at the video footage, you know they are very much focusing on on the leaders.
0: Meredith Kessler stuck at it. She ran a five fifty four. Oh. 5.44, Sorry, so she could have pulled the plug, but she's like, not. No, I'm finishing mine. Yeah, no, she
1: was going backwards real quick early on. Early, she just hasn't. No, 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 before. no. I
0: read somewhere she had like a bike mechanic.
1: Right. Mechanical problem or something. She's just a machine, man. She just races so well everywhere except Kona. And she's it. gotten a really good position coming off the bike in Kona before, but I don't recall her having a good Kona run. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't recall it. You see, her having more bad races than good, despite being really w- good everywhere else in the world.
0: And just on the DNFs, uh, fourteen DNFs out of forty, so thirty-five percent DNF rate mm-hmm. for the girls. We had Swallow, Neith, Crawford, Cave, Wortle, Caffrey. So, so, they're big names. Yeah, they are big names, aren't they? Mm, you know, those are, those are those are players in the game, aren't they? Mm. Are players? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's how, that's how us gangsters
1: talk, John. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so just um, other comments.
1: Yeah. So, in terms of the coverage, um, I thought it was pretty good yeah the, the Ironman coverage and most people on our facebook page seem to seem to agree with that some people say it's still crap i think for a niche sport internet coverage that you don't pay for i think it's pretty 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 reasonable of course I it could it it. get better of course it could in get better
0: middle i don't know the gps was there which i wish i <laughs> wish i didn't know but the air breaks are too long i timed it 6 minutes for an air break mm. i actually rather you have 2 minute air breaks more often and then that now i'm not sure how
1: often they're having air breaks mm a regular re, Reasonably regular Didn't bother I was doing other stuff that didn't bother me too much oh, But you were it, it was Six we, were minutes it was, Yeah
0: You know Because I only had Not long to watch I was kind of like Half an hour here Half an hour here mm. And so they have six minutes You come in with an air break Oh six minutes So I, I literally I got so frustrated I got my watch out <laughs> <laughs> And I timed it And it was actually six minutes so I think You know TV's two and a half Isn't it You mm. know like worked to, and had more of those because the thing is it's a race yeah. so you kind of want to know what's in it if I knew GPS was there maybe I wouldn't have cared so much because I could have still seen what was happening in the race so mm-hmm. maybe it changes the way I feel about it but at the
1: time I was thinking alright man can you put a movie in for an ad break Yeah. so I found that a little bit frustrating oh, the, one, the one time that did frustrate me and I can't remember if it was an ad break or if they were doing a race summary um, was when the guys were turning at Harvey you know it's a really interesting part of the course you get to see them slow down you really get to see them bunch up and yeah can actually pick the riders a bit easier, but they were doing an ad break, and like Phil and I were going, Get, get to the <laughs> bloody coverage! <laughs> so, yeah, it's not perfect. Um, of course, uh, they could always do it with more cameras. You know, we, we talked to Andrew Messick about this. You know, the number of motos, that they, that's what they call them, uh, is not huge. And if they had more of them, of course, the coverage would be a lot more. But I think each moto costs a significant amount of money. And it would be interesting to know how many people actually watch live coverage. You know, it
0: would be great to get those I stats I don't think it? the
1: numbers are that high. And um,
0: no, well, in comparison to other sports, mm, yes, it'd be thousands, but how many thousands? Yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, what else would I say in terms? Of, I obviously didn't didn't watch it last year because I was racing. I think I did watch quite a bit of it, but the the the, the picture quality was seemed to be significantly better. Than what I've seen in the past. From time to time, you did get some pixelation, um, but then it kind of seemed to clear up. So it was, I thought the picture quality was was really quite good. Uh, they, it was quite nice this year. They did some of the some summary updates. So if someone like you sort of came on late in the piece, mm. then they'd go back and they did a little summary. Right, here's what happened to the swim. Here's what happened to start of the bike. And I, I kind of thought that well, was a good cool, addition. What is I was
0: watching the video, and um, you know, you've got the live blog happening as well. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like I come and I go, and you go back to the video, and you'd be watching what's happening now. But you just. Back on the live blog, and you can mm. kind of see what's happened over the last period of time. So, you know, it was quite easy to keep up to date with what was happening in the race.
1: That was probably the key thing, and a, a number of people have said on our Facebook the GPS was was fantastic. Yep. Um, the well, leaderboard thing was know. crap, that was shit. Yeah, I, don't it was know, crap. I, I don't know what was going on there. That was kind of like your athlete tracker, it was rubbish.
0: Um You yeah, think with GPS they could have had someone who was just devoted to looking at GPS, maybe doing every five Ks or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know what was going on with yeah. that. I think that was more based off your timing mats. It was yeah, yeah, and it was just even for the age group. It wasn't, it was weird. Uh, but the, if you, if the best way to watch it was you have the, the video feed in one corner of your computer screen, the GPS in another. And I didn't have it at the time, but I think it would have really complemented it quite nicely. It was then having the, the, the blog feed the logo, there as well. Yeah. You had all those three things going at the moment because the blog updates automatically. You were, you were pretty, I would have been, pretty it was great. pretty happy. I think it's a significant step up. In terms of the commentators, so you have Greg Welsh, uh, Michael Lovato and Chris Lieto. I think they do a really good job. Um, with the information that they're given and and so i think they basically get what we see yeah they don't get much more than that just trying to make a show around it and, aren't they? and i think if they had torsten sit at someone like that sitting there with a bloody sign in front of them and they just had some stats on every single athlete you know like just hold up an a4 piece of paper right if you see sarah pampiona or something come up boom here's what she's done in the last three years yep. um and well, I you think- know what
0: you could probably just use computer screen
1: you could, you
0: could do that <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, three
1: pieces of paper, yeah. <laughs> you can. But I think that they could be fed a lot more information. Michael Lovato knows the course inside out, and that's yep. fantastic. He gives you that perspective. He says, right, they're coming up to this climb here. A bit like when I say, right, they're coming up yep. to um, Kawaii. This is what this is going to feel like for these athletes. So he really knows it inside out. I think Matt Lieto adds a, 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 a different dimension to it as well, and Greg Welsh is your kind of your, your old, older school guy. A uh, of a character. Uh, some people say... The, the, the coverage would be enhanced if they had a professional man person there because these guys are not professionals in terms of they don't do this for their living. Yep. They come in and do a few races each year um, and I think they do a good job for that. Whether or not the coverage would be enhanced if you had a media professional in there kind of feeding them and leading the, leading them down a path, don't know, but I think they for what they, the information they've got, I think they do a pretty good job.
0: The thing is, and, and in fairness to them, it's a, it's a hard job. Because mm. how many sporting events go for this long?
1: Exactly. You know
0: what I mean? Like, you know, like it's to go for this long, you got the tour really. And even a tour and, doesn't go that long.
1: And when I contrast, you know, I watch a bit of tour coverage where it is that live eight hour coverage. And I think it's somewhat similar. You know, the guys do end up you know, I watch the Eurosport coverage. They do end up having a bit of a joke amongst yeah. each other and stuff, and it is a bit more lighthearted. So I think the people that are getting on the back of those commentator guys, I think it's it's not easy talking for eight hours. And I think if you had a professional media guy in there, it would change a little bit, but I still think they do a pretty good job for eight hours. I just think the information could be… They and then sometimes bring. you
0: lose a bit of insight with that too, don't you? Mm. You know, because what these guys bring is that kind of… Depth of knowledge that only people who have been in that world have. have. So, yeah, interesting. Um, good spotters out
1: there. Yeah, the good. And I thought again the blog feed was was better than what I've ever seen it before um, in terms of the updates. So yep. I thought that. So I think and just in general, really good step up. Yes, it could be better, but I think they're. Stepping it up, which is great.
0: Okay, so just some kind of other little kind of side bits. Now four people have won the 70.3 World Championships and Kona in the same year. And it's Craig Alexander, Leander Cave, and obviously Fredino and Reef have done that as well.
1: Mm, it's uh, pretty impressive. And then also... We've always gone on about, and everybody's gone on about the fact, you know, if you race well in the Frankfurt mid-season races, just Frankfurt. Ra- rails, last year, that was proven like
0: by Keenley. Yes. So now it's it's it's, it's yeah. So science this, has changed the theory. It
1: is. So this year, Reef and Fredino they won Frankfurt and then went on to win Kona. So you're proving you can peak two times in the year, not that they were necessarily you're peaking. Extremely <laughs> elite. Yeah, those guys and those guys are significantly better than everybody else. So. That, Sort of like they're the outliers, of the stats predictions but for next yeah, year. Be interesting to see all the other guys that did well in Frankfurt. Maybe not the winners, but the other guys that raced Frankfurt seriously, how they did in Kona.
0: Did, um, did, 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 so
1: just a couple of things. How did you find out about Iman University? Were they talking about? Oh, they talked about this on the the coverage. So uh, I was surprised that Greg Welsh sort of dropped it, that they, or someone dropped it. They had fifteen people, hundred people, coaches signed up already, and their target is two thousand eight hundred. I can't remember what it cost, but I know it was. Well, I mean, got to be with These aren't coaches. No, they're coaches. coaches. No, they're coaches as well. It's 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 the university. So you were. I thought it's, university it's was a it's training to, know, it's to be a you, coach. Either you want to be a coach or you are a coach and you want to upskill.
0: Yeah, but but Joe Public can like I can join it. If I'm you not can, sure. yeah, yes. You know what I mean,
1: like, but someone like me might join up as well.
0: Yeah. So I
1: just thought it, that job. was interesting. It was a lot. Of, that's that's good. Going to be good revenue for them.
0: Yeah, for out. Yeah, uh, the military.
1: Oh, this was, uh, the, um, they had Missicon at one stage and. He joked that have you know, got we know, we've got more military there this year. They've uh, got from eight different countries, and he, and he sort of joked. And we have actually got people from other parts of the world now, because I think in the past we'd, just, we'd sort of US, looked at it yeah. going, this is just us. So I think he kind of we actually are including the rest of the world, which is good to see.
0: Got a Ramsey race, but didn't finish. Do you know what happened there?
1: No I don't It looks like he finished the bike Um, But for people who get on on Gordon Ramsay's case I thought I'll just jump on His his Facebook page And he had made a few comments on it He's got 4.5 million followers Uh, If I was in business I'm going to be having Gordon Ramsay there So he, he And he's the kind of guy Who'll get other people racing, so uh didn't finish. that. So. The Hollander also didn't finish as well. Yeah, so um, I, th- I think he finished the bike ride, but he certainly didn't finish the run. He uh, was he, going for the
0: oldest finisher of all time, wasn't he? He, he was trying
1: to open up the 85 age group. Um, there was another guy who wasn't, so none of the guys in the 80 plus, excuse me. You are right. yes. Are you nice? you, you going to make it? It's you going to make it? Let's Let's go. No, no. no. Yes, no. Yes, no. Yes. Got it. Yes. <laughs> but, so... There was a guy in the 80, none of the 80 plus guys seemed to register finish times, but the, I got a picture through of a Japanese guy who was in the 80 plus, and on his splits, actually, it looked like he made it almost all the way, but he collapsed in the finishing shoot and didn't actually get down there, Japanese dude. Oh, did. really? Because so, they had a picture of him in you, the finishing you, you, The link you sent doesn't work. Okay, well, they, they had a picture of him in the finishing shoot. And saying coll- he was collapsing, but it didn't actually say if he, if, got, if he got through. Oh. So I'll just uh, Hir- Hiromo Indiana, from Japan, he's uh, in 80 to 84, and it's got a split here for him at 25.3 miles of 1640. So he had 20 minutes to cover that last uh, oh. mile. And I had a picture of him in the finishing shoot. So I, whether or not he made it to the finish line but over 17 hours, I'm not quite sure. But he's just not got a finish time. I hope he did make it at least to get across the, the line.
0: Uh if has got some good coverage.
1: Yeah, they had a few post-race clips. really enjoyed this. Well, a clip up there with Andy Potts, and he's sort of talking through through the, his his sort of race and saying, you know, i was in really good shape, and I raced well, but... I'm just tired <laughs> and he, then he went on and he was quite entertaining and he's I'm just tired it was, it was really it was quite he's a nice guy Pottsay eh? yeah he comes across really well yeah he's a really nice guy one disappointing thing that um, we, we know that coffees of Hawaii have sort of moved out of the, the triathlon space and I was wondering if they were going to have the coffee boat this year and the coffee boat was out there but it was a Starbucks coffee oh, really? boat I was yeah. like kind of stole the idea not stole the idea. I think the other sponsors wanted to keep it going, and they probably searched out a, a, a sponsor to probably supply them with the. Because it's been
0: an iconic thing now, is. isn't it? You know, like It'd be a real shame. It wasn't Albert there. started it, you know. Mm. So no, at well, least it's still going.
1: Final bit of news is if you want to see a little bit of the age group um, analysis. analysis, go to coachcox.co.uk and good old Russ there has had a bit of a look through, comparing uh, the age groups versus where they've sort of been in the past. So. That is our summary of Kona, and now we're going to go off uh, and start hearing a bit more from some other people.
0: Okay, so uh, we'll be back in two seconds because we're about to do an interview. And we are back, John, and let's talk sponsor.
1: Extreme Endurance. Oh, the lactic buffer. It is. A few and people uh, in of right now probably need that. They will be. Hopefully they've been taking it, so the recovery will be enhanced and their performance will be enhanced. They've also got their new product, Fuel 5. It's a carbohydrate formula made up of five different forms of fuel. You got. Uh, it's got this proprietary blend of organic sweet potato, multidextrin, dextrose, lactate, and sucrose, and it's designed to give the body its preferred substrate fuel enzyme to promote glycogen synthesis so if you're somebody who has been struggling um, with nutrition this might be another option a path you can go down in terms of a different flavours different fuel sources because there is not one shape one shape that is right for everybody one size fits all uh, and yeah I'd love the organic sweet potato and I've got some sitting in my office that I'm going to be trying out over the next few weeks. And so far, feedback has been really positive. They can hardly keep up with demand. Um, It's flying out the door. So check it out, xendurance.com. And especially if you're somebody who's just been searching for that nutrition answer, um, this is just another option you can have. Of course, they still have all the other xendurance products If you want to boost in your performance, boost in your recovery, the standard Extreme Endurance, I started getting a tickle in my throat again on Saturday, started slamming down the immune boost, and I'm pretty much sweet. I love it for, if you're really sick, you're going to get sick. But if you just feel that little tickle come on or anything like that, I just start slamming it and I always seem to come right. You stop slamming it. You should probably just eat it. I should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really the key. Yeah.
0: Put it in your mouth. Stop slamming it, John.
1: Yeah. Check it out. XEndurance.com.
0: Thank you, guys. If you haven't got onto it before, get onto it now. The feedback we get from everyone who uses it is they tend to love it. So XEndurance.com. You can't go wrong. Okay, John. But let's talk about what the listeners were saying on the day about the race, some insights that maybe some of the people had. So Tony Hodge has got online coverage was great. Good coverage of both the men's and the women's race. The accommodate, I'm um, sorry, the accompanying advertising was borderline line too much, uh, but I guess we'll get used to that. The highlight for me was the swim watching Dylan McNeese and Jan Fredino duke it out. I was yelling at the pad for Dylan to get a move on. They were shoulder to shoulder for the last 100 metres and Dylan was just on the outside of the track, but he nailed the exit and was up the stairs first.
1: Arnold Sulikov who was out there racing, he was sort of saying that, um, why have WTC reduced how wide the start line is? Um, I didn't find the swim to be a problem last year, but a lot of people this year seem to say it was, uh, it was really rough in the swim. I've had a number of age groupers say to me that it was... Uh,
0: rough as in the water or it, as in just it, the aggression? In
1: terms of the aggression, and maybe they've reduced the size of the start line. don't know why they would do that. Um, Is but, it
0: because they've the, split the fields?
1: Maybe it is, yeah, but it seems odd. You've got a nice wide start line, why don't you use it? And if people want to go out to the left a bit more a and choice, get out of it, it? yeah. Uh, he, he sort of commented that the swim, he measured at 4.1 to 4.2 Ks. Uh, right from the morning, it was hot with almost no wind. Early on the bike, we had a light headwind to the airport, then pretty much nothing until Waikaloa, where the usual crosswoods came. The climb up to Harvey was um, windless except for the last few miles. And then when they got back down to Kauaihau, they knew it was going to be hard with zero clouds. The Last thirty k were done traditional headwinds for good measure, and the run was a scorcher. And uh, and nobody was dis- well, people were disappointed, but they weren't surprised with that. And then all the way to the energy lab on the run, they had a tailwind, so they were just getting hotter and hotter. And that's mm. the thing, tailwinds suck in Kona when you're on the run because you just you not, not get as much down. benefit
0: as what it's costing you, is it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but he said, all in all, it's still Kona, and it has to be the hardest race out there. And he did okay, did nine fifty seven, sixteenth in his age group. He says, need to try harder. <laughs> he said the last 600 metres on Ali is awesome. Just the say this last name, Christian
0: Loshel. Uh, shell, yeah. Loshel. Uh, very happy with the GPS tracking, added a much-needed dimension of detail to those watching. On a critical note, Daniela's reef setup on the bike was sloppy as it get, uh, as all get out. Wearing her number, that straw on her BTA bottle, Eek, I don't know, I don't think she even, I'm nev- oh, sorry, I don't think, I don't know, she Jean. didn't need to, n- it, but neglected those details are come across very unprofessional. Yeah, and I, I did
1: well. know that she had her race number on, and I'm almost positive you don't need your race number on the bike, so it was flapping around on the wind, I was like, oh, that's a just, it's a few seconds here or there, yeah. but um, you don't even need your number on the bike from memory. Uh, yeah, it is interesting to see some of the pros, a lot of them are set up really nicely, but some could do a few little things just to save themselves a few seconds. Bo Echoland, he said the video was useless. Useless? <laughs> the focus on one athlete for 20 minutes at a time. Commentary was good. GPS are the best way to follow the race. I think John's point of having a merge
0: of everything is probably the key, isn't it? Mm. Colin Bolanski's got, uh, GPS was great. Still think the coverage was very unprofessional, however. While I'm sure they are try their best, Lieto and Welch and others are not broadcasters whatsoever, and it shows... Way too many ums and ahs and awkward jokes between them. Wish they would take it to the next level. Iron Man is run by a small group of the same olds and they need an objective outsider to come in and shake things up. was really hoping Tim would pull it off.
1: Now, we can't really throw too many stones when we're in our little uh, I Am Talk glass house with ums and ahs and awkward jokes. No,
0: no. <laughs> uh, oh, our joke's are gold joke. <laughs> we used to do a segment joke of the week and they were always <laughs> gold.
1: So, yeah, I, I just don't know what would happen if you brought in a professional person into that setup. Might be a little bit different. Well, well, be well Ligard's like done a few I mean, hasn't he? Who's that, sorry? is it easier that I'm in? No, he does the sort of the CBS cover, uh, the NBC sort of coverage, sort of the, the voiceover work. He's not actually necessary. He has been there once or twice, um, but he's, he's a bit past it now. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: uh, just the wise one sent through a couple kind of interesting points. The first overall pro, um,
1: age grouper. Yep, carry on. 18 to 24 age group. Yes, and what was interesting about this dude, if it was the right dude that I saw crossing the line, was well, give him some love because I did mean to do this. Malte Bruns from Deutschland swam fifty-seven, rode four forty-six, ran three oh two for an eight fifty-two thirty. The problem was he was finishing uh, right at the time when the girls' podium was finishing, Uh, sort of around about then. So he kind of they kind of quickly managed to get him across. He had a pair of running shorts on to start with. Uh, if if this was, was the right oh, guy that Undies in the end uh, Sorry? Undies in the end I don't
0: know what you're talking about Oh I thought you meant Took his shorts off And he had no. Undies.
1: No he had a pair of running shorts on Which you, you see a few guys doing it But you normally don't see The front guys no. running And running shorts And then he had A uh, hydration pack on his back A camelback sort of uh oh, really? Yeah, you're thinking, are you kidding me? you carrying so much weight. It's, so, it's such a contrast to all the guys that normally finish there, and in these spin, speed scoots, look like they've been professionals for about 30 years. Uh, so if that was the case, that was uh, pretty entertaining. So good on him for being first age group. Levi Maxwell, who we recently had on the show, he was only a minute 10 back, and he only two age groupers uh, beat Daniela Reef this year. Wow. I've got to say... Take Chrissy out of the equation, you normally get quite a few more age groupers in front of the first female. So that's saying Daniela Reef performed extremely well. That's not saying the age groupers didn't perform well.
0: So the wise one mentions a few names. He says Raylou and Frodo and Joycey. You know, Raylu and Frodo kind of getting the bridesmaids. But I think this officially takes Raylou as the best
1: guy to never win it. Yes. And you're gonna to have to start saying the same thing about Joyce soon as well. Yeah, well you are, really. Mm, she's got she's had quite a few podiums.
0: But in, and in fairness to jo- well, not in fairness, Joyce's never looked like she's gonna win it. Yes. Yep. Ray Lurt has. Yep. He's you know had what I mean? the opportunities. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so Joyce's kind of always come from behind, Although last year no, but last year she had the potential to, but didn't really have the didn't pull mm-hmm. it off in that opportune moment. Whereas Ray Lurt, he was in a position to win it a few times. You know, so Far out,
1: not both awesome, oh, fantastic. Far
0: out, yeah. Um, just porno, just a couple of funny things. Porno sent me a text through today, and he was just saying he was watching the race. He would turn on the IM coverage, and he saw Nick the pirate of uh, Rose, Nick Rowe, yeah, finish. Yeah. And just come across the line, thought it was kind of random. And his friend Mike Johnson kicked butt and did a sub 11 hours, which is a pretty big thing for him. Um, what else? There's one other thing I want to say. Oh, oh, I got I got someone did, did now, Mark Richard Jones just sent through the photo you're talking about of the Asian guy. So there it is, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: With great stories of with stories of great personal victories and also comes a story of
1: immense heartbreak. Harry Mew... to stop the show, Belinda's Oh, the wife's first, in the studio. First time <laughs> the first, first time podcasting. Time ever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's walked past very quickly.
0: Uh, merely seconds in the part. Of, yeah, so he missed out. He missed the cutoff time. So he didn't... He must have finished. Yeah. But he just missed it by that little bit of a trip. So
1: Got to give the first female age groupers some love as well. Uh, another Deutschland athlete on the female side, Katrin uh, Esfeld, swam 109, biked 5.15 and ran 320 for a 9.51. And she was 19th overall for the females. And then second place was Lauren Capone in 9.56. So yeah, you quite often see uh, the top female age grouper a little bit higher than that yeah, you do, so yeah sometimes you see them sort of almost cracking into the top 15 so but we, we know we've seen it over the years the top age grouper who often then tries to transfer across to the pros it's a it's a big step you know I see the guys like Kyle Buckingham and stuff on the guys side it takes a while for them to get up there so oh, yeah, for
0: right, yeah. Um, sponsor
1: Yes, so let's have a pause of the program. So okay, think, so you
0: can talk to your wife. Yes, she's in the studio, John. This
1: is a special occasion, and we can ask her all, all she wants to come. I could do up an interview a, with Belinda. Yeah, yeah, I can, she I thought think, about Ironman race day. Can tell you for nothing, she will uh, not come on here. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back,
0: yeah. John. You know the funny thing is, what's funny? Every every this is the first time I've ever got out of bed and put my jammie pants on. Got out of bed and put your pajamas on. That's kind of well. Because I, I, well, the thing for me, John, I'm a funny person, and I'm, oh <laughs> and you know that. When I'm in bed, I don't like my skin, my upper body skin touching itself. It's, it's a strange thing; it keeps me awake. Yeah. So when I go to bed, I wear a t-shirt to sleep. Yeah. And I got jami pants, which I only recently are a new addition to my life. Yeah. But I don't like wearing jami pants in bed. So at night time, if they I come had a shower, off. what's that? They come off. <laughs> Back it up. Joe likes the pants off. And so what I do. Do you really like the pants off, you Joe? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, she's a good woman. That one. That's why I'm marrying her. So. So recently I bought some jammy pants and if I have a share I put my jammy pants on. Well this morning normally I get dressed and I say, I oh, just put my jammy pants back on. It's just John. <laughs> just John. I've <laughs> got my got my got my, my new slippers that I got for my sluttons, birthday. My yeah. jammy pants. And Belinda turns up in my jammy pants. How embarrassed. Luckily I've got my undies on because sometimes jammy pants you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> just uh, Anyway, sponsor.
1: Athletics.com.
0: Oh, social networking for endurance athletes, John.
1: And they also have their social networking site on facebook.com. One of the things, is, is they post lots of stuff pretty much every day they've got something up there. One of the things they are doing is they're just slowly starting to release a bit of a blog and they've got different things on there from time to time. So check it out on facebook.com. Dot com. Just look up athlinks.com on there, and they've got all the information. You can always asking for feedback as well, so you can give them the feedback saying, hey, why don't you do this with different results? And I like what you're doing here, or I don't like what you're doing there. So make sure you give them a bit of feedback, and we will be talking about the Kona results. That they post up on Athlinks pretty soon. So if you were a Kona athlete racing last weekend, make sure you get your unofficial results up there. You can go in and do that, and then uh, the next couple of weeks we'll be sussing that out and see you know, how the different athletes have done Kona. Look at their sort of careers on Athlinks, so you guys can get a bit more of a feel for what it takes to get to the top, and sometimes how long it takes.
0: Well, John, if you, this is a good thing about going to Athletics.com is you get that you get some on their Facebook page. They have lots of cool articles, and one of them is saying science says runners high is basically the same as getting high on weed oh, Righty ho We're yes. going for a run today yeah. Back it up We'll get some munchies afterwards Yeah <laughs> It's the same kind of principle So if you want some kind of Cool little sports articles As well They're really good at getting Those articles up on their Facebook That's a good page. one
1: for you Let's go streaking Back it
0: up <laughs> I reckon Now I'm not I'm not the nude guy Are you the nude guy? No I'm not
1: You the know you're guy. not the guy
0: Who gets naked when you're drunk No Neither Never have been But I reckon streaking Would be a pretty a pretty high adrenaline brush. It would be entertaining. You know, if you re- got naked in front of 50,000 people.
1: You wouldn't want to do it on a cold day, though.
0: No, no. No, you definitely want to make sure you got your warm pants on before you start
1: the run. So check it out, Athletes.com.
0: Okay, guys, check 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 it out, Athletes.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Okay, we don't do, do you want to do the other news or interviews first?
1: Uh, we'll do the inter- interviews first. So first up, we're going to have Torsten. He's going to give us some uh, just a bit more detail on the statistical analysis of... Last weekend's of race. So here comes Torsten. Radio guys. Um, we've had a bit of a discussion already on the show about how we sort of saw it unfolding and uh, just our analysis of it. But it's always nice to get. We need some, a geek involved, don't we, we, John? We do need a geek involved. We've got to call our geek. Yeah, and we called our geek, Torsten, from uh, tryrating.com, uh, who I'm sure stayed up till the small hours of the night in Germany watching the, the race. So welcome back to the show, Torsten.
3: Thanks for having me again, yeah. See if I can fulfill that um, announcements there. Do you actually
1: stay up
0: and
3: watch the race? I stayed up till, I think it was 5.30 when I went to bed. Oh. I, I watched uh, most of the men's field and most of the women pros uh, make it into the, into the finish because there's a couple of, of uh, guys and girls that I was in touch with before the race and I wanted to make sure that I actually see them finish.
1: Yeah, wow. we're so lucky in New Zealand. It's only one hour, one hour day, time yeah. difference. Yeah, it's all wrapped up. Yeah, well, it was time. okay
3: because I had Sunday off, so I could sleep in a bit. But I am still um, <laughs> a bit behind in the stuff that I want to do because I'm, I'm, I was basically fried for for most of Sunday. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: So, what, what, what were the predictions um, telling us? You know, in terms of statistically before the race, um, what, what was it sort of telling us that we might well see based off uh, you know statistically who who was the fastest athletes out there?
3: I mean, the the story that the data shows was pretty much what you've read uh, in the press before the race. Uh, it was almost like there were only two possible winners in each of the races. And that was last year's winners versus the Frankfurt winners. Mm. So it was uh, Sabi against uh, Frodo and um, Rennie against Daniela on the women's side. On the women's side, there was a bit um, of Rachel Joyce mixed in there because she's had some some good results um, from based on the data. But with her injury coming into the race, that was a big question mark. But um, obviously that could not take into account uh, people getting mowed down yeah. a couple of days before the race by a car and stuff like that. So sorry to hear that that Rini uh, did not have a chance to race as well as she usually does in Kona.
1: I still feel that she wouldn't have been able to beat Reef on that day.
3: No, I don't think so either. Um but you never know how uh, it turns out for her. I mean, Reeve's uh, performance relative to last year was um, faster than what Rini put out there. I think Rini had like uh, just slightly over nine hours last year. And uh, Reeve went sub-nine uh, this year in conditions that, uh, based on the data, was harder than last year. So um, it obviously would have required Rini to step up uh, from last year's performance, which was great. Um, and I think she was working towards that but she wasn't able to show what what she prepared for after the the car crash and I guess you guys discussed that yeah. in some detail already
1: so, so what is the data telling us in terms of uh, the three disciplines individually um, on the day versus say last year and, and what the norm is in Kona?
3: Well I, I was able to do some of the analysis during the race and I put that out uh, on on my blog and that showed that the swim was Maybe a little bit slower and the bike was maybe a little bit faster than last year. But the main difference uh, occurred on the run and the run was considerably slower uh, than last year. And um, I've spoken to a couple of athletes and uh, they think it's a mixture of conditions being somewhat hotter and being a lot, more, a lot sunnier and a lot hotter uh, on the run. But I feel it's also a part of how the race dynamics uh, turned out to to be like with the big front group on the men's side and a pretty big, big uh, group uh, behind Daniela uh, on, on the women's side. And I guess that took some of the oomph away from a lot of the runners.
1: So, um, guys, if you want to get a really good feel for the results and the stats, make sure you go to tryrating.com. And one thing I want you to, I think you've explained this before, but can you really explain, um, when they go to tryrating.com and they'll see your results table there, you have some names in green, some in red, some in black. The stats are in black, green and red. So what, does, mm-hmm. what do the different colours mean?
3: Well, the green is uh, good results, um, so um, those, were, those are times that are faster than I would have expected them uh, based on data before the race and how the conditions on race day were. So if you, for example, look at uh, Jan on, on this year, he pretty much was um, similar to what was expected in the swim, bike, and run, just a little bit faster overall. But if you look at Sebi, he had a good swim. Uh, that's why his swim time was in green. His bike was pretty much expected uh, what I expected from him, but his uh, run was is in red, so he had a bad run. And you can also see the difference uh, overall to what I expected him to run. So Sebi was like three minutes slower than I expected him, whereas uh, Frodo was four minutes quicker, or Tim, Tim O'Donnell was even 23 minutes quicker than mm-hmm. what I had him before the race.
1: And that's really cool. You actually factored in the conditions on the day because I noted in your Kona rating report before the race, you expected Fredino to come in an eight thirteen forty based 40, off yes. based off all the p- previous data. But he actually yeah came based based on his
3: previous um, race results and the previous. Um, conditions averaged out that we've seen in Kona over the years. So this year's Kona was pretty slow mm. compared to some, some other years. And that's why even he went uh, uh, a minute or so slower than I would initially pegged him. Uh, he still was able to beat the expected time on the conditions on race day. Mm.
1: Um, one comment we had from some listeners, uh, and something that I noticed as well was the number of DNFs, um, and we, we discussed this, I think last year. The, the men seems to usually have quite a high DNF rate um, for whatever reason. Uh, the woman, uh, I know, especially last year, uh, there was a very, it seemed to be a very low DNF rate. So what's, uh, what have, you look, have you looked at the numbers there so far, and what is it sort of telling you?
3: Yeah, from what I was able to tell, because my data only goes for the DNFs, goes back two years, uh, we saw 20% and 23% DNF rate uh, in 2013 and fourteen. This year, we had an, uh, a, a DNF rate of 32% over men and women. Um, and that's a very, very high rate uh, compared to the other years that we've seen. And also last year, we had a pretty low DNF rate on the women's side, whereas this year, the DNF rates on the men's and women's side were pretty much even uh, so a lot, lot more women um, uh, not finishing the race for whatever reasons. I mean, you had these um, weird technical things going on by by Heather Wirtel, who had issues with her uh, with her shifting going on. Uh, you had Rini uh, crashing a couple of days before the race. Uh, you had a couple of athletes crashing during the race as well, mm-hmm. and some just maybe not a hundred percent right going into the race. So. Lots of different reasons why athletes didn't finish, but a high DNF rate uh, for the women compared to what we've seen in the previous years and a little bit higher DNF rate for the men too.
1: Now I, I know you haven't um, run the stats yet on the competitiveness of the field, but anecdotally, what is it sort of telling you at the moment? Um, without running the stats for the men's versus the women's, because we we discussed before we started that it may um, because Daniela Reeve crushed it, crushed it so much, it may show the women are potentially not as competitive. But second through tenth, is probably is pretty. It was is pretty close. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Um, yeah. Daniela just had a runaway uh, win uh, by almost or more than thirteen minutes, and that obviously affects uh, the the way I've run the data previously. Mm -hmm. So, um, but if you take her out of and uh, look at uh, second to eleventh, there was twenty eight minutes or thirty no twenty minutes uh, within them, and that's pretty comparable to what we've seen on the men's side. So, um, just looking at the competitiveness there it's well Daniela will will scoot the data uh, uh, to look the women's field a bit less competitive but um, yeah that's just this this year's effect I guess Mm -hmm. from that one athlete but overall I mean um, the way that I see it is um, there was so many position changes going on late in the women's race um, and that that was even more position changes than we've seen on the men's side I mean the men's side just shift one or two or three or four um, um, places in the last uh, part of the run whereas with the women I mean the the top 10 uh, coming out of the energy lab looked completely different to what mm. it ended up uh, after all so lots of uh, position changes going on in the women's races. Mm.
1: So what what were some of the highlights of the day for you?
3: Um, well I I was kind of well, disappointed is maybe not the right word. I was I was hoping Sebi would have a better race than he did, and it looked like a great start for him um, with the swim that was better than what was expected. But then how the race developed, it just uh, it felt that something wasn't wasn't quite right for him when he couldn't pull away on the bike, and that probably um, made things l- a lot harder for him. And then not to have a, a decent run for him. That um, I mean, it, it's, it pretty much doesn't matter whether he finishes eighth or or fourth or so. But still, uh, I would have hoped that he'd have a better performance in race day. Of course, Frodo being very very strong uh, all day. I mean it. Um, it, it, he he was always in contention for the win and it was always, uh, well, more, n- not his race to lose, but he was always at the front kind of controlling the pace and whenever it was needed, he was able to step up the pace uh, to reel in Tim O'Donnell on the bike and then uh, build a little bit uh, of a lead going into T2 and then um, also uh, stepping up uh, the pace whenever it was needed on the run um, after the energy lab to uh, build a little bit more comfortable uh, position so that was strong. Happy for Andreas Israela to make it into the uh, po- on the podium again. Yeah. That that was great to see him run through the um, field on the marathon and hold his position there. Uh, the Americans were strong. I mean, you could you could just go through basically almost all the top ten or top fifteen and say, "Wow, uh, great race by them, uh, great performances by them." And similar on the women's side. I mean, Daniela was just uh, way too strong for the rest of the field. Total total domination there. But ra- happily for Rachel to uh, be able to finish second after her injury in Kona. Uh, Liz Blatchford um, nailing it again with her strategy. Uh, Vestabu who had late qualifying, Heather mm, Jackson, great. amazing. I mean, you could just go through, through all of the top 10 or top 15 on the women's side and say, wow, what a year and what a race it's been for them. Mm. It's
0: funny, I was looking at Michelle Vestabue in your July update and you she was like oh maybe she'll make
3: it to Kona <laughs> and uh and she she made
0: it and did bloody well, didn't she?
3: <laughs> yeah, she, well, I mean she had she had issues uh getting the final points. She tried uh to race uh Frankfurt DNF there after half the marathon, then she went to the UK, had a DNF there too after I don't know, missing the course on the bike and then riding some extra miles there. And um, she was, I guess, well, th- the way her, her season developed, she said, okay, I'll do Copenhagen. Maybe I don't need the points from Copenhagen, but I'll, I'll do Copenhagen. But once that uh, went well, she didn't really have too much pressure on her for Kona. And that seemed to suit her well. And she had a had a great uh, result uh, in Kona last Saturday then. <laughs>
1: And um, in terms of the coverage in Germany of, of Jan Frodeno's victory, you know, obviously I'm sure the triathlon media's go goes nuts, but does it get much coverage in mainstream media?
3: Oh, certainly. Um, there was even uh, German TV uh, with their own camera team on site and uh, picking up a lot of, um, I, I don't know how much they picked up from the Ironman coverage or how much they, they had their own pictures, but there was live coverage basically going on all day. At first it was... Uh, just an internet stream for a bit, but then uh, around midnight, so that would have been noon um basically towards the end of the bike uh, they switched to um one of the uh real nor- normal t v stations around here mm. and uh, they had coverage out there and that was um i don 't know how many people that actually watched it because it was middle of the night, but mm. I think it was um at least for anyone interested in it um a different view a different way to view um the race uh, with a more German focus uh, on them um yeah we switched a bit back, back and forth between the german and the the english commentary um it was a decent coverage i mean probably better than than what ironman was able to offer because they had a lot of uh options from the the regular tv that uh, probably is hard to get for for ironman uh, even at that site mm-hmm. and it's been you know the result has been on the news and in the newspapers and i'm sure that Jan's going to be one of the main contenders for uh, Sportsman of the Year this year
1: oh okay fantastic right and, and um, yeah if people want to find out more about your analysis and stuff they can go to tryrating.com and I think you also did another podcast where you're going to go into a bit more detail
3: yeah I just spoke yesterday with uh, Tony Prezek for Endurance Planet uh, she's got probably like an hour uh, podcast that is uh, out already uh, m- focused in the nitty details of how the race developed and who went mm. Uh, at Watt Point and uh, her perspective because she was on-site and it's always interesting Mm -hmm. to get uh, the on-site perspective from her and the data perspective from my side and that's always fun to talk about the things that developed during the race
1: Fantastic, so guys if you want to check it out go to tryraining.com it's the best resource in terms of just finding out, the, as Torsten said, the nitty-gritty of um, the results. And I think the Ironman coverage would be a hell of a lot better if they had someone like Torsten sitting there uh, feeding them information as they go through the day. So thanks as always I, j- I just time. need to plane ticket to, to Kona, right? Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see you there next year. I keep lobbying for you. So if someone's listening. We uh, have
0: always lobbied for you. I remember the first time we met Andrew Messick. And, John,
1: first thing he does is plug by you. I'm not sure that about.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, guys. Thanks Excellent. for that. <laughs> I'll awesome. see if they uh, if anything comes out of that. I'll let you know.
1: Awesome! Thanks as always for your work that you put in, and it's uh, it makes uh, the whole race a hell of a lot better. So thanks again. Thank you. Righto, John. Some interesting stuff there from Thorsten as always. It is. So make sure you check out his site. It is really good. I just if, what, one thing that frustrates me is you just go onto the Ironman site, and and if there's an athlete I don't know about, I'd love to just be able to click on their name and go oh yeah. that's what he's done yeah it'd be so easy to do well
0: remember years ago it's, um x used to do it really well as well yeah remember that you click on name and go back
1: just and got, just oh, just even just give me their results you know and um, anyway don't want to go on about that too much no, i don't straight. know what's
0: happening next in the show we've we got another interview next up
1: we have got uh, dylan mcneese D- okay, so great. I, I sort of popped Dylan a note before the race saying hey it'd be really cool to catch up afterwards and then uh, after the race i popped a note saying oh you might not want to catch up, but if you still do, it would be great. So good on him for coming on. He was happy to come on. It wasn't his day, but he did lead out of the swim, and there's some interesting insight there. So now you can hear about Dylan's day. Okay, when I was on the trainer yesterday, the Philinator and I were in my garage, and we were watching the... We did about three hours of watching and enjoyed... The swim, seeing our local lad, Dylan McNeese, sporting a fancy blue 70 swim skin, smoking it out of the swim. So welcome back to the show, Dylan.
4: Thanks, John. Thanks for having me back after, um, you know, not so not so great performance, but good to be back.
1: Oh, well, I'm sure we'll, um, everybody loves hearing all sorts of stories, and not just the ones that people who've had magical days, but let's talk about that swim a bit. Um, and it looked pretty interesting because, you know, we, we you won't, won't have seen what we've seen or you may have done by now. But it looked like there was a serious split at the start of the swim, and you and um, Potts and one or two others were were well off to the to the left. Was that a pre-race plan of yours, or did you have a bit of a get together with Potts, knowing that he's he was probably going to be with you? What was the, the deal at the start? Um, to
4: be honest, I just wanted to stay out of it if I could, and uh, so I just I knew that um, most people in the past have bunched up to the right. Um, and that going far left was not gonna be um any longer, you know, with that, that such a long first drag, it was uh it was all pretty even. So yeah, I just jumped out to the left to get some clearer water and I breathed to my right. So um yeah, it made it it made it kind of easy just to just to get off to a good start. And I, I hadn't spoken to Potts at all, it was just I guess we both ended up on that left side.
1: And um, so, what was your plan in the swim? Um, you know, you know, you know that Potts is a good swimmer, and you know, you know, the likes of Fredino is probably going to be there or thereabouts, and there might be one or two others. Were you, was it was it your plan to go out there and and try to lead from the front, or were you just going to see what happened?
4: Um, I just wanted to use my strength, and I knew that if uh, uh, if I was swimming well, then I could, you know, break it up um, and hopefully break it up more than obviously what it ended up being broken up like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to use my strength and and if I could break it up a little bit, but it's a it's an interesting swim. It's quite a tough swim, so you know you always fight in those currents. And I think that sitting behind someone, you get quite a big advantage. So that's why you get that big bunch sort of um, around around that two minutes behind mark. And um, yeah, obviously it didn't pan out how I would have how I would have liked, but um, that, that's racing, I guess.
1: So we've asked you before um, the sort of same question, but. It, in terms of how hard you actually swim, did you put in a bigger effort here than what you might do when you say challenge Monaco or, or another race around the world, or was it pretty pretty similar to what you've done elsewhere?
4: Um, it was it was very similar. The only other the only extra effort I put in was trying to um, get Fredina off my hip because <laughs> uh, I felt like he was slowing us down, and also um, obviously you know I wanted to get the... The swim frame. Um it's yeah. good for Blue Seventy and my one of my best sponsors. So, um, and you know it's what I do. So, uh, I didn't I didn't really have to burn any extra matches to do it. it just took a bit more of a sprint at the end there. But um, yeah, it was to be honest. The second half of the swim was really easy, and it was a bit of a pain in the ass. So, uh, every time I tried to get rid of Fredino, he kind of just jumped on my hip and and pulled me back a bit. Um, and it would have just made it a, a much bigger effort. Just you know, towing him along the whole time. So I essentially just had to slow down and, and swim next to him for that, that whole second half. And, you know, it might have cost us 30 seconds in the end, but, I mean, obviously, obviously it didn't really matter to him. And uh, I don't think it would have affected um, my end result either.
1: So, yeah, i got to admit, I was um, pretty close to throwing a brick at the laptop um, at the end of that <laughs> swim because you clearly see, I, I mean, it, it seemed to me from the footage we saw, you, you were leading the majority of the swim, is that correct?
4: Uh, I led to about 1,500 metre mark and I could feel him on my feet and then he came up, um, just came up next to me and started swimming side by side. So, you know, that's fine if you're both kind of swimming quite hard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt as though we weren't really pushing it. So, um, and when, like I say, when I did try and you know pick it up, I just ended up tying him along a little bit. So yeah. that you know it wasn't really ideal for me. Um, and yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too keen on um, carrying the guy who I thought was going to win the world championship along in this <laughs> one.
1: And well, it, it certainly did look like a bit of a sprint there um, towards the finish. But uh, you looked pretty determined to make sure that you got there first.
4: Yeah, you know, I just I tried a few times and uh, I knew I could I could get it, so I just made sure that I um that yeah I guess I finished it off and and uh, it was it was actually really tight. I didn't realize how tight it was. Um, <laughs> seeing a photo of us both sort of duck diving as we were coming out, like um, you know, it was really a luck of the draw. I got a good footing and got out of the water, and and that was the difference.
1: Yeah. Um, where where is your swimming at compared to when you are a swimmer? You know you're a, a swimmer kid and you are bloody fast back in those days. But so so was guys like Potts and stuff. You know, I think he was an Olympic trialist. So, um, yeah, you know, are, are you gigantic leaps from where you were when you're a swimmer, or you you still think you could bang out a half decent fifteen hundred?
4: Uh, I think I'm a pretty terrible swimmer in the yeah. pool, to be honest, compared to what I used to be. Um, I just don't train it. You know, I don't train those. Those sort of threshold sets and stuff like that Where you really push that sort of high end speed um, But in saying that I think You know just like I'm built for, Sort of for Ironman in general um, I sort of feel feel Quite built for that 3.8k yeah. um, Distance So I think I I don't think I'd swim too much Would have swam too much faster back in the day Over 3.8k mm-hmm. um, It's just what I'm, I'm suited for now and, and what I train for so Mm. Um, yeah, it's just my strength, and and so I have to use it. And I didn't, I didn't really feel like, um, I didn't think I was swimming that great, but I still thought I was, I was swimming well enough to to lead it out.
1: Mm. So, so onto the bike, it looked like Frodeno um, took a flyer from from the get go, which he kind of almost expected. Um, in terms of your approach to the bike and how it sort of panned out. Um, you obviously had quite a few guys passing you on the bike and the packs and stuff. Did you was it your plan just to stick to your guns and just do your effort, or did you sort of uh, try to to latch on to people as they came past?
4: Um, to me, I anticipated sort of riding in a group, so that's what I'd kind of trained for. Um, I was never worried about what Fredina was going to do. In fact, it's it's a race that it's quite a cool race in that sense that you don't really have to worry about any one guy as such. Um, you just kind of race I guess um, for me you know I put socks on in transition so that's why both Pots and, uh, and Fredina got a bit of a jump on me out of, out of T1 um, the problem for me was I jumped on the bike and I knew straight away that the legs hadn't come to the party <laughs> um, I sort of was cramping a little bit which was which was a bit odd um, so I just had to sort of settle in at my own pace and And uh, when I saw that big group sort of coming pretty closely, um, you know, I just decided to sort of try and get the cramps going, get rid of the the cramps and wait for that group and and jump in with them. Um, But like I say, you know, they weren't, I didn't feel they were riding hard or anything and looking at my my sort of power file, um, it was definitely nothing I shouldn't have been able to handle. It was just... uh, I mean, it was just not a good day at all. It was actually my worst sort of power output um, um, from my distance this year. So, you know, it's a bit of a a disappointment to come to the biggest race in the world and and have your worst bike ride. But, um, you know, that's that's just how things happen.
1: But it looked like in the middle stages you're riding with um, Callum Millwood and was it maybe Jerkowitz and guys like that? Did you have a little group that you were working with um, sort of the middle stages of the ride?
4: Yeah, I, I made the decision about 20K to let the uh, the big group go. It was just, um, you know, there must have been 20 of us or something, if not more, and it was just, uh, you know, constant surging and, and, and decelerating and stuff. And, um, yeah, so I figured if I just ride my own pace, um, they probably wouldn't get that much time on me. And, and sure enough, they weren't really putting that much time on me, so that was sort of a good decision in the end. Um but you know, like I say, there's so many good guys. You you can't just race your own race there as such. You mm-hmm. need to uh you know, once I backed off, you'd just be another group of three come past and then another group of three and uh finally Callum and uh it was actually Nils Fromhold came mm-hmm. past and, and they were riding quite a nice tempo, so I jumped in with them and um you know I just the problem was I just never felt comfortable on the bike at all um all day and, and it was good to have Callum there was a bit of motivation, you know, we've been living together and stuff. So I just decided to um, jump in with them and and try and save some legs heading up to Harvey. And, uh, yeah, it was sort of by the time we hit the turnaround Harvey, it was sort of when my wheels really started to to fall off. Um, And, yeah, there was plenty of other guys coming past, but by that stage, um, there was nothing I could really do. I just had to try and get to the finish of it.
1: And what were your sort of thoughts Going into the run, you know, obviously you hadn't had your greatest bike ride. um Were you sort of thinking I'm just got to get through this run, or were you thinking right, let's let's see if we can actually bang out a half decent run split here? Were you were you in a very good mind space?
4: It was it wasn't too bad, you know. I've had bad rides in the past and been able to run still, you know, decent marathons off them. So I, I know I can do that um, if I can feel well. My my biggest problem I want to see is I. I lost a couple of cookies, Eames Power Cookies on the bike, which usually hold me together. Mm. Um, And then into the headwind, I I felt like, um, into the headwind coming home, I felt like the aid stations were getting a little bit too far apart.
1: Yep, I know that feeling. Um,
4: And uh, also, my special needs were the um, sort of frozen bottles.
5: Yeah.
4: And uh, both of them were still rock solid, so I couldn't use them um so I just felt a little bit behind the eight ball coming off the bike in terms of nutrition and I knew that I would need all the strength I could get um and it was the same feeling on the run as it was on the bike that uh you know just just there was just something missing I didn't quite have that strength in me so um I tried to be patient I really tried to hold back and and just try and run the whole marathon you know even if it was 315 but Mm. by the time I hit 25k uh (laughs) I was just waiting to walk and um it was right then that Daniella actually passed me and it seemed like an eternity for her and her motorcade to get past me cause as soon as, <laughs> as soon as they got past me, that was when I just basically crumbled and, uh, and started walking.
1: Oh, uh, no. So I'd, I'd imagine, um, obviously that was after Pilani, but I'd imagine Pilani was not the most uh, enjoyable experience of your life running up there?
4: No, no. Well, I'd still been running all right you know, until yeah. that 16k mark and, and just ticking along, Um you know, and I probably could have kept ticking along for another 16 had there not been Polanyi, you know. Yeah. So uh, Polanyi was just the uh, sort of final straw. But I, I kept running until uh, 25k, about 25k mark. But obviously the pace by, you know, that 20 or 25k mark was, was, was not what it was. And uh, I was really just surviving and trying to keep moving. Um, yeah, honest course, tough course, that's for sure.
1: So, so, what are your overall sort of feelings about the race? You know, you went there first time, and um, obviously you felt rubbish as you're going through the race. And with you know, everybody's listening to this, knows that you just sometimes you have those days, and it's a real shitter when it turns up at the most important race of the season. But in terms of what you saw there, in terms of the caliber of the athletes, in terms of um, the course, was there was it many big surprises for you?
4: Um. Not really, you know I, I went into it knowing that I could actually compete there, you know just mm-hmm. off my my best starter, so um for me it's it's trying to figure out how how do I put out my best in october which i've i've never been able to do and um you know, I went to Boulder because I know it and it's familiar and and, and stuff, but you know this really was just a nail in the coffin for me and i I've never raced well off altitude so um you know, I, I didn't really want to go there just to learn, but I, I did learn a lot, and I, I sort of definitely know what not to do next year, mm. um, if I qualify, of course. Mm. Um, and in terms of the caliber of the athlete, what I really enjoyed about building into this race was you're not sort of focused on three or four guys, like I said, you just you just focused on trying to perform, um, mm. perform, and and it's I actually found that quite a cool aspect of it. Um, it's more about just that, those processes and those, and, and getting that final performance rather than trying to beat, you know, that one guy or, or this other guy. So, yeah, it was uh, it was fast and furious up there on the bike. That's sure.
1: And, and so what's the motivation now you go like uh, you know because at this stage of the year you know you could be off doing doing other races um, money races potentially winning events whereas you know when you go to Kona you know you've got to you know you've got to perform extremely well just to get 10th place or above um, to get a payday so has it motivated you more to, to get back or are you going you know I, I know after that race last year I was thinking oh shit man I don't, I don't <laughs> didn't really enjoy that very much and I don't know if I really want to come back not because of a defeatist attitude just like there's other things I'd I'd rather do. So, what sort of effect does it had on you? Given it's only you know, 12, you know, twelve hours or so after the race.
4: Um, I guess the biggest thing for me was it wasn't just an average performance. You know, it was a complete meltdown. So, yeah. it, to me, it kind of make, it makes me realise I've got to completely revamp um, my build up, which is I think better than trying to make little changes. Um, you know, like I know I know what works for me and and. And now I have to sort of um look at how do I, you know, put that into a build up for Kona and you know, unfortunately what works for me is, is being at home in New Zealand. So, you mm. know, that could be could be tough building up for Kona in New Zealand. Um but at the same time I actually enjoyed being on the island. So, you know, I could do a good mix of being home and then, you know, maybe doing three or four weeks um over here next year and 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 seeing how that goes. So uh yeah, I guess Looking ahead, it's um, I'm, I guess I'm disappointed, but at the same time I've got a, a big New Zealand summer coming coming up, and um, I'm actually really excited about racing. You know, Taupo seventy point three, and and doing the double again. So mm. for me, you know, just just look ahead and then um, and try and take out of yesterday what I can.
1: I tell you what, if you'd actually spent some time back in Christchurch in the two weeks before the race, you probably would have been pretty well prepared because it has been hot and windy as hell. So, oh,
4: I saw that, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so I guess just a, a bit of a break and then and then into your summer training. Um, anything else you want to share about anything that you've sort of seen over there that's been of, of interest um, that, that was a surprise or, or in terms of any sponsors to, to plug or, or any ways that people can follow you?
4: Um but you know just the usual my sponsors are amazing to me and and you you definitely can't do without them um but also just all the the tips and advice about the race um it really is as tough as they say and um if you're coming to Kona expecting to have a headwind and a tailwind here or there it's it doesn't work like that at all it's uh (laughs) there's um no it seems to be no such thing as a as a consistent win so uh but definitely a race, you know, worth putting on your list if you can. If you can get that qualification spot, um, I'd definitely recommend taking it and, and coming over and experiencing it. It's uh, it's a crazy little town when Ironman's on, and um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I guess that's about it.
1: Awesome, man. We look forward to you kicking some butt over the summer in New Zealand.
4: Cool. Thanks, John. Cheers.
1: Okay, we are
0: back, and I haven't had a chance to listen to the Dylan interview yet because we've just plugged it in there. Um,
1: well, it's just good that Dylan's got he, – he hasn't sort of – he's gone over there and hasn't sort of given up the ghost going, oh, shit, it was just – he felt like rubbish basically through the day, um, but really feels – it's a good thing for me as he feels like, you know, when I look at that field, when I'm the I'm, game on, day. I'm okay to compete with them. But that's the thing. All the guys are sort of ranked, say, 20 through 50 – all those guys on their day
5: could, could maybe get 10th or something yeah, like yeah.
1: that. So a lot of them, it's unrealistic to think well into the top 10, but you know, m- pretty much anybody who's on the start line in Kona, if they have a great day, they've got a chance of being sort of 10th or something. Yeah. But to- as I said earlier, top 20 is still a bloody good result. You know, If you come away with top 20, you don't get any money, but... You've usually had a pretty good race. Yeah, you pretty good at what you do. Next up, we've got um, Lucy Gossage and Joe Skipper. So oh, we're going to put that on now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go- crepes, I don't know what's happening today. We've got, uh, so we've had Lucy on the show before and really pleased for her. She came back after. 10th. Yeah, after a crappy race last year where she just struggled um, but finished. And then Joe Skipper, who we had on the show a few weeks ago, was. The uh, 14th, was he? Uh, 13th. 14th. So a, a, a virgin racer over there and just put a, put a really good, Solid, Solid race it. down, just feels like, again, you know, don't get any pay, payday for 13th, but, and he said, you know, happy, uh, oh, now you'll hear what he has to say. Yeah, because that's what the interview does, John. Exactly. It's amazing, yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, guys, first up um, with the Kona interviews that I've been doing, uh, a couple of guests we've had on the show, one very recently and one uh, I think earlier this year or post-Kona last year. So first up, we've got Lucy Gossage, and welcome to the show after a fantastic race.
6: Uh, hi, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> um, first thing I've got to ask is: in the next twelve months, are you going to go mental with your swim to see if you can move up the swim a little bit further?
6: <laughs> oh, I was disappointed with the swim. I did the um, I did the practice race the week before, and I was I was only three and a half minutes behind Rachel Doyce mm. and Camilla Pedersen, and so I was yeah, I was pretty pretty disappointed with that. But it's just different racing as a pro because you have to get in the pack and. You know, in a mass start, you don't have that, the kind of, the importance of the start, because there's always feet, but, um, yeah, it was it was too easy, and, yeah, I was disappointed with that, but, um, yeah, I'm proud that I didn't let it affect me and kind of just went quit on the bike and kind of stuck with it. <laughs> it, it was... Uh, Sorry.
1: How was your headspace this year going to the race? Because you know you've done, you've won loads of Ironman races around the world, um, but last year you know you, you didn't have a great CONUS. So, were you were, were you scared going into the race, or were you just bloody determined? What what were you sort of thinking heading in?
6: Um, I was a lot a lot more confident than last year. I think it helps sharing a place with Joe because he's like so so confident. He kind of boys you up a bit with him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean I, I to be honest, I think the reason I'm so proud, like this is my worst nightmare of a course and particularly the conditions yesterday. It was it wasn't tough on the bike, but it wasn't that windy. It was just hot and so hot on the run. So if someone said design your worst course in your worst conditions, it was pretty much yesterday. So I mean, yeah, I think um I feel like yeah, I could have done better potentially, but I couldn't have done better yesterday. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, yeah, I mean, I've got to be. Yeah, I'm really happy that I stuck it out because it was like it was so hot. I hate the heat. I'm rubbish at the heat, and it was just, it was just horrendous. And I think with a crap swim as well, it could have easily turned into um, the same as last year. Um, and I could have let that play in my head, but I didn't. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, I bike really well.
1: If we if we, if we re- talk through the, the bike a little bit, um, you said the conditions weren't weren't too bad last year. You know, there was a reasonable amount of wind, so you didn't. Was there yeah you know, people always love to hear about the wind. You know what what was it like sort of from that, you know out towards Harvey and stuff was it just minimal or was it was it very much at all?
6: I mean there was a bit of a headwind but it was completely minimal. Like well last week two weeks ago it was crazy out there. But this like I it was yeah there was a, a bit of a headwind a bit of a tailwind but nothing um I would say it was it was a probably a fast day for the bike essentially. Um or certainly not challenging. Like, you know, I was on the tri-bars the whole time coming down Harvey with not a single kind of gust of wind or anything. Nice. Um, so, yeah, but I would have, you know, I think the strong bikers would have rather had tough winds and, and made it a bit more interesting. <laughs> um,
1: and, and it, looked, it looked to me like you were just sort of nicely moving through the field. Um,
6: was yeah, that- it was quite nice, actually, because you just, you're riding party. Like, I knew I'd had a shock of a swim, and... And you kind of, then you're like, oh, that's a big name and that's another big name. And how the hell have I caught her up? And what, what am I doing passing her? So that was quite nice. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I think I, I was biking all right. I mean, it didn't, yeah, I it found it hot at the end. But um, I think I had a pretty good bike, all things considered. Particularly because you're on your own. So you just, you know, it's, it's a bit different. But, um.
1: and, and that was going to be a question I had. Did, did you have anybody to ride with or work with? Or was it just literally, you know, 180k time trial other than passing people?
6: No, I was just literally taking. I mean, I mean, other than the first five k, there was um, you know, just trying to sort yourselves out after the swim. But yeah, no, it was just it was just so low. But I quite enjoyed that anyway. You can kind of do your own thing, and it's quite motivating when you're going past people, particularly when there are people you think you'd never pass. (laughs) You Mm. know, the bikers. You're like, oh, have I caught her up? (laughs) Nice. yeah.
1: <laughs> so c- coming off the bike, um, you know, what what were you thinking when you know you make that turn off the Queen K and you got that tiny little um, <clears throat> downhill and then you sort of come into transition? What was what was sort of going through your mind at that stage?
6: Um, well, I was pretty pleased. Like, I knew I'd had a good bike, and I came off the bike just behind Caroline Stefan, I think.
1: Nice. Um, nice.
6: And again, like you know, I knew that I caught quite a lot of the front swimmers, so so I was I was pretty pleased with where I was at that stage. Um, but I also knew it was going to be really hot on the run and I wasn't quite sure how my Achilles would hold up. And, yeah, there were a lot, there were a few doubts, but, um, yeah, I felt good on the run for two miles. And then it was yeah. just, oh, my God, it was horrendous. It yeah, was yeah. absolutely horrendous. It was, yeah. The, the only bit that I felt okay, actually, again, was the last 5K when the, the clouds came down. I walked a couple of aid stations, like, properly walked them, like Coke, <laughs> ice, Coke, ice, Coke, ice. Coke, ice. And then, um, and then the clouds came over, and I think the temperature just dropping helped. You know, made it a bit easier. But it was horrible. I mean, you know what it's like. Yeah. But I, I realised it's all, its almost like it's not. It, you don't actually need to be running properly to be catching people. You just need to be running. And mm-hmm. if you're running, even if you're doing eight-minute miles, the chances are you're catching someone who's not yeah. running or who's going nine. I mean, it, like even Daniella, I saw her when she came was coming back. She looked quickly smashed when she was running back home mm-hmm. and I, like, she only ran 306 so you know what it's like out there it's, mm-hmm. it's just survival isn't it and it's just like <coughs> catastrophe every you have people just blowing out everywhere
1: <laughs> it, was, it seemed like a lot of movement on the girls' side of the, the race um, Especially sort of positions uh, 3 through through 10 um, Were you passing many people um, or, or were you sort of roughly about 10th coming off the bike Because I know a few girls exploded um, Mary Beth uh, and I think and, and a couple of girls pulled out as well So were you were you gaining many places on the run
6: No, I think I was 12th off the bike Or 11th, 11th off the bike maybe and then Heather Jackson ran past me, and then Susie ran past. I got overtaken by quite a few, and then overtook them back at the end. Nice. Um, so, yeah, but it, it, like, like, I, honestly, I, I felt like I was crawling on that run. It was, well, I was, like, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was tough. But that's that's why you can be so proud when you know you've given it everything and you haven't quit when other people have quit. I think that's, Yeah.
1: So, so you're 10th overall, which is absolutely fantastic, but um, third POM, I don't know anything about the Susie Cheetham, so do you do you know much about
6: her? I live in her house.
1: Um, All right, you probably know her okay then.
6: <laughs> she's my landlady. She doesn't live there, actually. Um, yeah, she is, um, she's a, a friend of mine. Um, she had an amazing day, amazing swim. I didn't realize, I thought she was having an amazing bike, actually, um, but I didn't realize quite how good her swim was and um, and yeah and um she's a, she's a former runner um like elite level like mm. kind of um i think she went to the europeans as a 23 year old mm. as a cross country runner nice. or track runner so she's a yeah she'll um she's a, uh, someone to watch i think in the next few years definitely mm.
1: Mm. so you must be pleased i mean um 10th place is fantastic uh and as you said you know you really guts it out when you ne- were not necessarily feeling fantastic but got to say 10th probably feels a hell of a lot better than had you got 11th
6: oh yeah i get to go on the stage and i get my fruit bowl <laughs> like i yeah i i never i never I and mean, i knew i i knew i was capable of it but, but this course is just not my kind of course and um so yeah i'm like, i'm over the i'm over the moon because because i think i was so close to quitting mm-hmm. um or just yeah it just took every ounce of energy to keep going on that run so yeah, I, I mean I, potentially maybe on a different day I could have done a bit better but on that day I did as well as I could do and, and you, can't be, you can't be disappointed if you've done everything you can do. Mm. Um, the only thing I'm disappointed with in my swim because I, be- I have got better this year and cool. that certainly wasn't reflected but can't have everything. <laughs>
1: and, and, and the age groupers, you know, they always want to know how do you, how do you guys feel, you know, it's only um, 9.30 in the morning the day after the, the race, how do you, how, how's the body feeling and how are you feeling overall?
6: Oh, we've been 10-mile run, haven't we, Joe? <laughs> 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 yeah, but I never sleep. We went back to the finish and then dicking around on Twitter and stuff. And, yeah, I, ne- I never sleep very much Will catch yeah. up with me, I'm sure, at some stage. Right, um, right. We're going to get hammered tonight, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> on, that's yeah.
1: why I wanted to make sure I try to catch a few people on Sunday because Monday morning interviews are not generally high quality. So, yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. everyone will be <laughs> Awesome
1: race, Lucy. Really, um, really pleased for you. And Joe, we've got Joe Skipper there as well, who we had on the show uh, only a a matter of weeks ago when he was in Kona so Joe you looked like you had a pretty solid day at the office Um, maybe just talk us through through your swim because you you know I don't think you probably expected to be in um, the massive big you know lead group but you looked like you had a bit of a group to swim with nonetheless.
5: Yeah I was uh, literally like the last person on the back of that group Um, (laughs) and then um, in transition I lost a little bit of time um, like putting like some of my like clothes on and stuff like that and then with my bike shoe, so um I kind of got out and i was i think the the front of that pack that was quite big had we were like forty five seconds ahead anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was literally just biking by myself um the whole time. I think I caught the front of that pack who I was with around Harvey at the ter- like at the turn, and um, I tried to get a few people to come with me at certain points um but they but they didn't and um I found out later that Lionel Sanders like actually bridged up to me from behind but i never saw him i think he like must have just got to me and then blew off and went backwards on the bike <laughs> yeah. um yeah i was i was hoping that i'd be able to like work with him a bit like i was hoping that he might catch me a bit earlier on or he'd have a good swim and swim with me and we could work together um but so yeah i literally did the whole bike by, by, by myself picking people up similar to what lucy did and then um yeah got to the got to the run and um i was with cyril being you know for the first four, three, four miles. And we like, I was like able to talk a bit and I was feeling really good. And I was thinking, yes, this, uh, I'm on for a good time here. And then, um, it literally just hit me within the space of a mile. And then, um, God, I went, yeah, I felt like I was moving backwards then, um, got to the turnaround point and you could see all the people that were chasing you. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, it felt like what well, as Lucy said, all you've got to do is just keep moving forward because people just keep blowing up out here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, just just back to the the bike because you know we, we know you're a good good strong rider and you, you sort of had a when we took last time I think you had a bit of a plan around um, your power output. Did you did you pretty much stick to that and did it did it pan out how you expected in terms of both your times um, where you were relative to the leaders and and the effort you were putting in.
5: Yeah, pretty much. Um, like I'm, I just stuck to my my my, my power, um, like a, basically, like a, a power output. What I knew I could like um, would get me like a fast time on the bike, but I'd still be able to run and just try to keep it pretty smooth. Um, but, uh, especially as I was not working with anyone, so there was no like there was no need to really do like any surges or anything. It was just about getting from A to B and limiting your losses to the guys in front. Um, and I think I lost about a minute, a minute and a half to the. To the, to the front of the group, which, considering they were in a group, and I was, like, by myself, I would, yeah, I'll, ha- I'll happily take that. Um, and then, um,
1: yeah. In terms of the run, um, yeah, Lucy was saying, you know, it's just bloody hot, and you were saying the same, same thing. Was it, was it literally a case of um, just survival?
5: Yeah, I think, well, from, yeah, I, I found it was. Like, well, for the, it, it just hits you, but I think some people can just cope better in the heat. Um, I think everyone finds it bad, but yeah, certain people just cope with the heat really well, and they can run a lot closer to what they would on mm-hmm. like uh, on milder conditions. Whereas, like, I find that I'm running like the marathon a good 15 minutes slower than what I would in nice, nice conditions, which seems like quite a lot of time to um, to to, lo- to lose on like a hot marathon. I'm definitely gonna, it's definitely something I'm going to look into, um, mm-hmm. seeing if I can like. Work out ways how I can run better because it would make a, it would make a huge difference.
6: But it was really hot. I like, did a, a, a longish run um, a couple of yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, I was running really well was, in training. Like it was nowhere near as hot, but like the cl- it was just boiling yesterday. I think the cloud cover. There was no cloud cover at all, and they were yeah. saying it was like forty-one something like that. It was. That's,
5: the, that's probably why I blew in because like I was um, in training. I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> in training. I was like, all right. I was really confident of doing a really quick run because like yeah. I did 20 mile a twenty miler. In training, I did a 15-mile with Lucy, and I was running really fast, and I was coping fine with the heat. And then on race day, I thought maybe it's just 'cause on the swim and the bike beforehand. Like, is it actually that hard? <laughs>
6: Minor I, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
5: like, I thought I thought it was just me. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I mean, when we look at the top uh, the top run splits, you know, it looks like two forty nine fifty two was uh, the fastest split of the day, which is as we, we all know, you know, it's hardly electric. And when Jan Fredino can only run uh, two fifty two, um, you kind of know There's so- something going on there. So, Joe, your first experience out there in Kona, um, how did it sort of? shape up in terms of you know the pre-race you know actually being on the start line was it for you drastically different to what you've experienced elsewhere or were there any, was there anything that really took you by surprise in terms of the hype or, or nervousness etc
5: Oh, it's just a much bigger race than what I from, like a much bigger race than what I thought before I got here I mean obviously I knew it was the world champs but I didn't think it would seem much bigger than a normal <laughs> like Ironman um, but yeah the, the, like the, you could feel the build up to it like Every day for like the last week leading into it, it was getting bigger and bigger.
6: We were we were both pretty much crying. Well, I was crying, and Jay was almost crying at the start when you get in the water. Like I, I was in floods of tears. <laughs> Just the enormity of the fact that you're,
5: Just get, yeah, you're there.
6: You're in a world champs, and it's like
5: nervousness, excitement, and then yeah. knowing what you're gonna put your body through for the next eight or nine hours. <laughs>
1: so, Joe, whilst Lucy got. Um, uh, got tenth and and gets a payday. You know, you had a great race in terms of being thirteenth on on your debut um, in Kona. How do you? You know, if if somebody had said before the race, right, Joe, you're going to get uh, you're going to get thirteenth, would you, would you have been happy with that? And and how do you feel about thirteenth um, after the race?
5: Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't have took it before the race. Um, I'd have I'd have took my chances and gone for a top ten. Um, but after the race, um, I mean. I, I was I was thinking before the race anyway. Like I said to my mum, she was like saying, "Right, like what position to like go for and stuff like that." Like, She's being a bit optimistic, and I just said, uh, "You you've just got to execute your best race you can do on the day. Like just give it 100 percent and whatever position. If you feel like you've done that when you cross the line, and you've got to take it." Yeah. Um, i felt like i did that on the day so I like i'll take in now but before the race if i have had a position i definitely would have wanted to get a top 10 mm. uh, but it's, yeah it's been a great experience and uh, i definitely want to come back next year and uh go get a top 10 next year
1: awesome guys any, anything else you guys want to share in terms of if people want to follow you guys or, or get any updates or any any sponsors sort of stuff that you guys want to get out there
5: yeah just uh like say thanks to uh some of my sponsors, like especially like Boardman Bikes, um, yeah, we're both both on been, Boardman. yeah, both on have so both been riding really well this year. So yeah, we definitely like to say thanks to them. Um, like yeah, cool
6: and Eddie, I mean my main sponsors, Eddie, they they make it possible really as a to be a pro yeah. um, in terms of finance and stuff. So yeah, we're yeah. both on Twitter, thanks. Facebook.
5: Both spend too much time on Facebook.
6: As well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should yeah. maybe we should spend more time swimming <laughs> instead of posting
1: yeah, free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And uh, and what's the plan other than getting uh, smashed tonight? What is the plan for uh, you know, for the next couple of weeks? And or, or are you planning any late season races?
6: Holidays road, road trip. Holidays. Joe Joe already booked. A, we're going to California separately. Yeah. Joe already booked a, a convertible. I said, if I get top ten, then I'm going to get a convertible. So we're both going to be busy around California
1: in convertibles with our with our partners. I think. <laughs> nice. Oh no! Awesome result, guys. We we got. We you know we got lots of uh, English listeners, uh, Pommy listeners, all over the place. that will be uh, loving hearing from you guys, and uh, really pleased, especially for you, Lucy, being able to back it up. Back it up after the arse slapping last year, and do some <laughs> uh, do some butt kicking yourself. So nice work, guys.
6: Oh, thanks Cheers.
1: very much. Cheers. Yeah, nice to talk to you. We are back, John, and
0: uh, great interview. I <laughs> heard it yet.
1: Fantastic. But I'm really, really pleased with Lucy. Come back come back and have a good, strong day at the office. She was a last
0: year, wasn't she? Remember, was it, Lucy was having an amazing year. Yeah,
1: she had a good, really good year this oh, year no, as well. Oh, uh, no, Abraham. You, no, no, Lucy had a great year last year. She's won lots of races. Yeah. And, um Yeah, just great to see her come back and make it into that top 10, get a good payday. That's the thing. 10 grand for 10th, 0 for 11. Yeah, 10 grand for 10th to you? mm and a fruit bowl. I case, she was excited about the fruit bowl. Back Have we got another interview? Yep, we have. Oh, my God. When does it end? When does it end? This is kind of super special. I oh know. loving it. So next up, we have Annette Lee, who was a legacy athlete. We've been so at on the show a few times over the years. Have we? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think I interviewed her once. Oh, very good. Yeah. Regular. Yeah. Uh, so just to get a different perspective on the race, you know, we've got the hardcore pros, um, then we've got to have hardcore age groupers, You've got age groupers who are there just for that basically, this is the gravy yep. on their career, they have qualified. Um, but for the legacy athletes, you know, it's just a different feel, and as you'll hear about that now. Right, guys, we're trying to get a good cross section of athletes um, to share their Kona experiences. So, we're going to have some pro athletes, we're going to have some age group athletes, and uh, I was really keen to get a legacy athlete. And, uh, and Annette Lee is going to have a chat to us. She was a legacy athlete racing Kona this year. In the woman's fifty to fifty-four age group, um, and or fifty-five to fifty-nine, she's aged up recently, um, <laughs> and she's going to tell us a bit about her day. So, um, Annette, maybe just fill us in first a bit about your sort of, uh, sort of your setup, your background, and and your sort of path to becoming a legacy athlete, because you do have to do a fair few Ironmans to get there. Um, well, as a kid, I
2: just was not sporty at all. Um, I remember being banned from um, gym classes because I vaulted on the the horse thing and fell on top of the teacher, and that was the end of it. So I I never got involved in sport really until I was about 40, and you had that midlife crisis, decided to try and get fit, started half marathons, then found triathlons, little women's triathlon back in 2003, um, and it just grew from there. 2006, my first Ironman in Busselton came to Kona on holiday in 2009 saw the race said oh I'd love to do that but it wasn't going to happen because I just wasn't uh, at the pointy end and then they brought out the legacy series and I was halfway through and decided to go for it so I completed 12 or the extra six in about 17 months because I thought I'm not getting any younger Um, I need to go for it so that's how I got to number 12 Nice,
1: now how did you um, feel about going to Kona as a legacy athlete knowing that other people had qualified because I know when I was there last year um, we had a guy who was travelling over with us and he was coming in via the lottery slot and he sort of felt a little bit funny um, doing it that way, how how did you sort of feel about that and um, how did that sort of compare to how other athletes reacted to you when you are over there
2: Um i initially, initially I was really excited and then you start to think, mm, hang on a minute, you know, I'm, I'm a, am I a bit of a fraud? And certainly through the period of training for it, I had lots of doubts about whether I should be here because I know I'm not as good as. But then I had to do an Ironman race uh, to actually complete the qualification process and I went to Ironman Cairns and I podiumed. And there's a small field, but at least, you know, I was there and I thought, well, you know, maybe I am getting towards that pointy end in my age group. I talked a lot with my coach, talked a lot with a friend who came here last year with a lottery slot. And they said, don't worry about it. When you get here, the other athletes are in awe of you, which I couldn't quite believe. But the reaction to legacy athletes has been amazing. You know, they everybody says, Where did you qualify? And you say, Oh well I didn't I'm a legacy athlete. Wow, how many have you done? And oh, I can't imagine doing that many. And immediately, you know, you, you, you feel a bit sort of humbled by it all. But certainly I didn't at any point as soon as I arrived here, did I feel I shouldn't be here. I felt confident, I was happy to be around the others who had qualified and I soon realised that actually Legacy athletes have an awful lot of experience in doing Because they've done at least a minimum of 12 whereas most of the athletes who qualify a Lot of uh, yeah, a lot of them have only done three or four Ironman races and whilst they may be fast Their experience is nowhere near as much as a as a legacy athlete. So um, Yeah, fantastic experience in
1: in terms of um w t c you know when they came out with this announcement, which they incidentally did release on i talk um it, it, some some people were you know we we thought it was a fantastic idea obviously they've got the the criteria so you kind of got to be jumping through a few hoops to get there in terms of having done a race in the last twelve months do another one et cetera et cetera so you've really got to keep your keep yourself active if you want to be a part of it um When you actually get over there, is there any special treatment for you guys or is it just a case that you you guys have actually made it there and that's your sort of reward or do they put a breakfast or anything on for you or anything like that?
2: They are very um, appreciative. They invited us to an afternoon tea uh, on Wednesday and I thought it would be the usual, you know, a couple of cookies and a cup of tea or something like that. And when we arrived at the um, gardens in the everybody was queuing up and we're to go through this gate into a garden. And we said, What what what's happening? Why are we queuing? And you looked through the gate and there was um the race director, Diana, there was Andrew Messick, then Craig Alexander, Dave Scott, Mark Allen and Mike Riley in a reception line and they stood and talked to every single legacy athlete that was there in the hour and a half that the reception was on, they shook our hands, asked where we'd done our races, were tremendously in awe of the fact that we had been so loyal. And, and the cynics would say, yeah, well, you've handed over a lot of money. Mm. But um, they, were, they appeared to be genuinely in awe of the fact that these 100 guys had come back time and time and time again And the other thing that I found was, um, I mean, I have to say, I I raced as a Kiwi and I went to the Kiwi um, afternoon tea, which wasn't really that friendly. Nobody spoke to each other very much. Mm -hmm. At the legacy afternoon tea, every single athlete there had a smile on their face so wide. You know, they really did appreciate the fact that they'd been given this once in a lifetime opportunity. And... Very friendly and talking to one another, talking to all the other people who are there to receive them. It, it, I think they're a great bunch of people. I'm very impressed with the legacy athletes.
5: Mm.
1: Oh no, it's great. It's fantastic to hear that um, the, the WTC are looking after the athletes that do put a, put a lot of time into it, which was great. So, in terms of your your race, you know, you came and did um, epic camp light earlier in the year and. I remember we we did the the bike ride on the first day, and I, I vividly remember. you. I can't remember exactly where it was on the ride. I think it might have been on the way back, maybe around Harpoona Beach or somewhere like that. You looked pretty smoked. Um, <laughs> what were your sort of thoughts back then um, when you saw how challenging the the bike ride can be, versus what you actually experienced on the day?
2: Well, we I've been working with. It's power on the bike. And and I've never been a a geek. You know, I'm not into technical stuff. And um, I'm still not that strong on the bike. If I said I had a weakness, it would be the bike. But since Epic Camp and to arriving here, I have worked a little harder on trying to understand what it is you need to do to be able to stay sane on that course. So uh, yesterday, I I tried to ride to power, and it worked a treat, you know. If there are a lot, if there are people out there now who go, "Oh, I can't ride plane." You know, that's for the, that's for the pointy, and that's for the boys. It was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Not once did I feel tired or stressed or down. I just stuck to what I'd been told to do. Mm-hmm. And so when we hit the winds at Waikoloa on the way back, uh, the head, we had quite a decent headwind. Other people were dropping back, a lot of men dropping back, bearing in mind they had a 15-minute start on the ladies. They were dropping back, and I was just... I wasn't making an effort, I wasn't going above what I'd set myself. I just was able to get through because I was still feeling relatively fresh. So it was great to do that in May, and then have the knowledge, using power, to put it into practice yesterday in the race
1: and um I'm really intrigued to know um what it's like for for you guys that that aren't you know I'm I'm really used to going through the run and and being towards the front and when you go through aid stations and stuff there's it's usually not there's not too many people around and I kind of get what I what I want so what's it like for you guys that are that are um further down the field um going through aid stations both on the the bike and the run was is there ever a case where they ran out of anything or having troubles with stuff or anything like that
2: um, a couple of the aid stations on the bike did run out of water, which I was very surprised at. And um and wasn't overly impressed with the lack of porter potties out there. <laughs> I mean, I, I managed I but often they were on the opposite side of the road, you know. Right. I, I asked one as I went through, I said, Is there a porter potty here? And he said, Yes, it's over the road. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not gonna get off my bike to walk across the road to go to the loo. So I did what you do when you're on the bike. Gosh. Um couple of the run, on the run, uh, no, actually they were not too bad, the run stations. I don't think they have quite the selection of food that some of the other races have that I've been to. I found it was very, you know, the usual brand stuff there, which is okay if you can use that, but if you can't, um, they had a few oranges. But they didn't have, I, a lot of races I've been to have had watermelon, which I find really, really useful. Um, didn't have any ordinary cookies, so yeah in that way it was a bit bit difficult to get the variety in But I, by and large, I thought the egg stations were pretty good, and, I, and especially on the Queen K, which Is like going into hell, it's just I, I And mean, one of the things that nobody told me was how dark it is out there <laughs>
1: That was going to be a question I I have got on my list of questions to ask you because, uh, yeah, for people that don't know Hawaii, you know, in the Kona course, you run up and down and let you drive, which from memory doesn't have that many streetlights anyway and if they have, where, where there are streetlights they're pretty crappy anyway but certainly once you get up onto the queen K, you've up palani which is a sort of standard you know town street and then you turn left and there must be some streetlights along there for probably maybe 500 meters or a k or two um and then after that i would imagine there's nothing and i've always been intrigued what it's like out there after dark
2: Well, n- nobody warned me. I mean, I drive, it was daytime, I was fine. I was up at the top of the It was even on the Queen K. I think it was reasonably, it was sort of dusk. And then, of course, in Hawaii, the sun goes down, and that's it. It's black. And once you get past the town bit, there are no lights. Yeah. There are no lights. It was a new moon, so there was no moon. There were no stars. And I, I don't like the dark. I have to sleep with a, a light on somewhere around the house, and... Um, I just don't like, because I get claustrophobic. And, I, and once we were in that black, I thought, oh, I feel a bit dizzy. But I wasn't yeah. dizzy. I, I just was, I think I was beginning to panic a little bit about being in that black. Yeah. It was black. And even though they had some cones down the side of the road, with some of them had little lights in. By the time you got towards the airport, well, not towards the airport, towards um, one of the harbours there, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. And the only thing that you could see was the glow sticks around athletes as they were running towards you, huh. which in itself was eerie because you couldn't see any face <laughs> or body. All you could see was glow sticks. It was like some sort of uh, mime-type thing. You just saw these glow sticks. People put them in different places. So I found that really quite hard, and that's why I slowed down on the run because I couldn't see where I was running. Okay. And I was panicked a little bit. So I was looking for lights in the distance, and then you need to look where you're going. You'd see an aid station and go for it, you know, and just there's light. But as soon as you move away from the aid station, you're almost blinded mm. back into the dark. And uh, when I was in the energy lab, I went down to the energy lab that I was running behind um, a blind guy who was running with his partner. And I just said, awesome job, guys. And he said, oh, this is so hard they didn't tell me that I wouldn't be able to see the road and I can't. he said I can't give him instruction on where to put his feet because no, I, I can't see the road he said we're both blind Yeah. and I thought yeah you know really if you've got blind athletes the sighted athlete needs to know a lot because I, st- I ran by the side of him when there was an aid station and there was some light and the instructions he was giving the blind guy was so specific yeah. you know where to put his left foot, where to put his right foot And then, of course, it went black, and he couldn't do it. Yeah. So anybody else um, coming? Headlamps or anything like that on the run or not? Well, I don't know whether you're allowed to or not. Some people did. Yeah. Um, and you know that was great. And then I did coming out of the energy lab, I did stop and walk with somebody who had a torch simply because I knew where I was going back into this black, and and then um, somebody did complain about it. Yeah. Yeah. They said it made it difficult to go into the light and then out of the light into yeah. the dark. I, I, to- I don't know i th-
1: so it could be a good learning point for for people who who are right. planning on going there in the future. And if you think you'll be out there for after dark, check those rules because uh, that's that's a uh, yeah. It's yes. one thing to certainly learn from. So I, I did note that you uh, you smoked the blind guy Nathan Johnson towards the end because I watched you finish and uh, and saw he was behind <laughs> you. And we have had him on the on the show before as well. Um, so yeah. maybe just compare the compare your Kona race. Um, to to you know you've done twelve other Ironmans. How hard it was, you know, compared to those races? Was it just the heat? Was it the added wind? Was it the course? Or was, was it as significantly harder than any other one you've done before?
2: I, I went into this race to enjoy it. So there may be some out there saying, you know, you... you and I did race it. I, I, the swim was awesome. I was surprised at how slow the time was, but I swam the course a couple of days earlier a reading of 4.3 kilometers and on my watch it says that and I didn't drift out I was on feet pretty much the whole way and a couple of people did say that swim was long um so the swim itself I thought was fantastic loved it it was great so it wasn't any more difficult than any other swim in fact it was if anything it was easier the bike um again uh, riding to power made it easier it was hot, definitely hot, but I took advice, you know, I kept water over me all the time whenever I went through an aid station, water, I kept my fluids up, I used salt, Um, every 20 minutes I took this salt preparation that I got, Um, so in terms of it being any harder, no, I didn't find it was, and I was determined to enjoy every moment, even when when it got a bit tough, I thought, this is what you want, this is what you've come here for. You, you and even enjoy the hard bits. Mm. The run, um, yeah, it's it's hot, but it's not difficult. It's actually quite a nice run. You're running along a Lee Drive by the coast. It's reasonably flat. It is hot, but if you train for the heat and you keep yourself cool and you drink, it's not bad. The hardest bit for me was the Queen K in the dark. Never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the infamous energy lab, I just embraced it. And I think that that's, you know, when you're riding from down from Harvey and you see, oh, yeah, people going slow down there. I've heard you say it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen so many men hanging on to their bikes. I was just hooning past them. Yeah. You know, did why bother if you're not going to enjoy the ride down? Yeah. But. Yeah, it just I just enjoy, it. and I think if you embrace it, you know, like when you're climbing or when you're coming down the hill, relax into it. That bike course, relax because if it's windy, there's nothing you can do about it. If it rains, there's nothing you can do about it. If it's hot, you can just keep yourself cool. But if you tense up and you don't drink and you 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 don't just relax, then it is a difficult ride. But I just I just loved every minute. Mm. Just loved it. It was everything. I could get quite emotional about it. It, it was just everything i I've, I've ever dreamed it could be.
1: Great. So um, I was sitting there watching some of the finishes um, when you came through last night, and it certainly looked. Uh, Whilst well, it was just the fixed camera showing, you know, the last few meters of the finish line, it certainly looked like it was pumping. So I'd imagine it was uh, it was pretty wicked coming down a Lee Drive.
2: Oh, it was just amazing. Um, uh, my husband Alan had the GoPro set up for me, so I grabbed that at the bottom of Pilani. That was a great thing. GoPro did uh, allowed 50 athletes to hand in their GoPros, and then when you got to the bottom of of, of Pilani they handed it to you, switched on, ready to go. So you could, uh, so I can go back this morning and watch what happened because it it just oh, goes in such a blur. It was it was really good. It, you know. As sponsors, they need to do that a little bit more of that. <clears throat> and I um, um so I, I ran along uh Kuakini and then I stopped and walked and just sort of got myself ready for turning.
6: Halaua,
2: down Halaua, and it was just turning. Oh, I get getting quite emotional. Turning onto a lead was just amazing. There were crowds everywhere when you get to the shoot. I couldn't see a space. There were faces everywhere. There were five, six deep, banging on the sides. Um, And then you hear, it was actually Mike Riley's son, Andy, that that called me down. Um, But I know Mike, I've worked with Mike before, so Andy said, you know, 55 years young, from New Zealand, Annette Lee, and then he turned to his dad, and Mike said, you are an Iron Man. And I I just thought, oh, you know, that's great. I'll I'll just go through, and then Mike tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned around, and he just came and gave me a big kiss and a hug, and it, I said, "Oh, Mike, that's just amazing. It it was, it is like nothing else. I mean, every Ironman shoot is is good, mm. but that one is amazing, absolutely amazing. One of the best experiences of my life. Yeah."
1: Fantastic! Oh, uh, I don't want to put a downer on things at all, but uh, are you worried about the what now? You know, you've um, you've sort of done that, and uh, whilst it was you know probably less than twelve hours ago or so, um, I guess that's a it's a difficult question. uh, What now? Once you've done done the Hawaii Ironman?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and it's something that I've worried about before I came here. You know, how will I feel afterwards? What will I? Want to do? Um, I can't imagine not racing Ironman. I won't be racing as many as I have done over the last two years because um, I like the camaraderie. I like I like pushing myself. You know, the older you get, the more you, the more you want to stay fit and healthy. Um, I would like to do something with the experience that I have. I have no idea what. I don't know whether there is a career in it, which I suspect there isn't, or whether I can inspire others. I mean, I teach children to swim, and that in itself is, you know, is, is, is good, but when you've done as many, I mean, this was number 15 for me, I didn't want it to be, I don't want it to be a waste. I am I want... It may not be Ironman, it may be something else. In fact, um, we have a friend who's got a little girl, she's four, and these friends of ours um, both struggle with their weight. Um, and, and the Becky, Becky the mum, has got into running and, and on Saturday managed her first 5K without stopping. And she said to me, she said, I am so inspired by you, and the thing that really gets to her is that you are. I am such an inspiration to their daughter, to Michaela, because mum and dad are big tubbies, and Michaela doesn't look at them. She looks at me and says, I want to be an Man."
1: Mm. Oh, well, you so, fra- franchise Bevan's running business over to Brisbane.
2: Oh, we've got a lot of uh, the park runs that are pretty good there, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, um, yeah, I, I won't be stopping. Um, not any and and one thing you know I would say and to the um, age group athletes who qualified legitimately stop whinging oh my goodness I had so many of them whinging out there I'm never doing another Ironman this is so hard I went faster last time I can't (laughs) wait for this to be over I'm like why bother then and these are people who come more than once
1: Yeah,
2: you know it's such a privilege it is such an amazing place to race. Don't waste your time coming to wind. Just embrace it and enjoy it. And I mean, the Hawaiian people are, are, are lovely. They're pretty funny, but they're lov- they're lovely. Um, why would you do it if you're not going to enjoy it? Exactly. You just have to let go and yeah.
1: I'm sure you're going to go off uh, and enjoy the after party. Have you got anything else planned for Hawaii? Um, obviously, the after party tonight, but anything else planned for your time over there?
2: Oh, a bit of a shop in Honolulu on the way, um, but apart from that, got to get back to work and maybe move house eventually. Mm. <laughs> We've had a house built for ages and haven't been able to get into it, so yeah, there's that on the horizon. But um, I don't, I, I can't see me stopping. In fact, um, I have a Felt IA, IA? Well, I can't remember what, what it is, but had a lot of problems with it here, took it to the Felt guys, they were brilliant, went to pick it up the day before race, and he said, well, I've got good news and bad news. I said, oh, he said, well, good news is you're racing in your bike safe, bad news is you need a new frame. Oh, there you go. So, um, but they're going to they're get one, they have something wrong with the design of it. So, um, so we'll be able to race on that one for a few. Weeks, but I thought, oh well, I've still got my other bike, so I'm obviously not going to give up. There you go.
1: Oh no, it's fantastic to hear about. Um, yeah, as I said in the intro, sort of different parts of the race. You know, we'll hear from some of the pros, we'll hear from some of the front age groupers, but yeah, it's just nice to hear about those other things um, that that you know, we don't hear from the front of the pack athletes, and also especially, you know, what it's like after dark out there on uh, on the Queen Case. So well done on your achievements, fantastic, and uh, and I know a lot of people. Definitely look up to you Legacy athletes that have done so many races and uh, I don't think there's anybody out there that's got too much of a a problem at all with Legacy athletes getting it to Kona and getting a reward for, for sticking with it. So nice work.
2: Thank you.
0: I have to say, I love the Legacy. I think Legacy it's is a great, great thing And to be honest I'm taking credit for it We're taking
1: credit for it I've already done that In the interview <laughs> <laughs> No I didn't take credit for it so No it was it. our idea An- Announced on our show as well It was our idea Yes
0: I mean, we, we came up with the idea Years before they
1: announced it I still can't believe We got announced on our show Before, it even, before they'd even done A press release or anything yeah, well, we're, it we're, is. We, we are big wigs John So Annette finished uh, 41st in her age group Out of about uh, 52 so swam one twenty six, bike seven twenty eight, and ran five thirty nine for fourteen forty nine forty. It's not certainly not her fastest time, um, but as you heard in the interview, loved every minute of it. Just went out there, and enjoyed it, and you know you won't have heard this, Bevan, but the fantastic thing for me is they seem to be seriously looking after those legacy athletes. Oh, really? Yes. So you, you will have heard that in the interview, yeah, though, so yeah, I won't repeat but it. But it's
0: good to hear it. Really. I have to say, someone on Facebook, I can't remember who it was, one of the Kiwi boys, is like Kaku and their crew were over there this year? Koo, yeah. I can't remember which one it was. One of them had a... A seven hour thirty run? No, that was Rob
1: Hell. <laughs> Rob Hell, there we go. I posted on his Facebook page uh that is that is a downtrail fence. So Rob, I can't remember what he swam, but he rode like five five fourteen. He's he's won his age at four in, in Melbourne. He's a good athlete. Yeah. Uh and then went He seven, rode five eighteen, mm. ran seven twenty-seven. Yeah, that is a That's mandatory downtrail.
5: Down
0: Came in for a oh, but look at the time, fourteen fourteen, fourteen. Very impressive.
1: Yeah, no, there you go. So um <laughs> The other thing I enjoyed from Annette's interview is everybody that goes, to goes there for different reasons and different perspectives. She has a bit of a dig at some, some age groupers who maybe take it a bit seriously when their day's gone wrong. But that's, and that's fine. Everybody's there for different reasons. You know, if you want to be a hardcore age grouper, that's fine. Everybody's yeah. just a bit different. Um, and that's, different. Kind of, that's kind of cool that you've got people out there all with their own agendas. Yeah, hmm. yeah totally. Nice working it.
0: Okay, John, well, there is some other news that happened this week. <laughs> yes, there is just
1: just a little bit. So we'll we'll, we'll scan through this because we know it's already been a, a over two pretty, hours. I think pretty long show. Yep. Um, so we did have Ironman Louisville at the weekend, and Bevan, I was wrong last week. Oh, that's two weeks did, in a d- row. Did you hear? Two that? weeks in a row. I was wrong. You, what, what were you wrong about? Well, I was right and wrong. Uh, so there so we go. There we go. So there we go Story of my life team. As, Story of my life. It really looked like the swim was going to be off at Ironman Louisville. Uh, the water did not look nice at all. But uh, as it turned out it was okay for a swim. It still did not what is look It is not nice was it? It just because you know you're on the on the side of a river and you kind of had some sort of oh, the algae and, jetties stuff, yeah. and shit like that around there and just the accumulation of algae and stuff it just looked gross. But I men are not going to put people into a situation where they could get sued. So yeah. they, they had all the testing done on the water, and it was it was fine to swim. So the the swim was on, which was fantastic for the athletes. Um, you know they've had a bit of a a bad run at races over the last little period. So yeah, really really good to see that they got the swim. Um, one thing I would say there, they they have the rolling start at this race. Yep. A bit of feedback I've had from athletes is yeah, it's it's kind of good. You do get a bit more congestion on the on the bike trying to pass people. Um, you have to this race they had people going down there in the middle of the night and like sleeping on the, the sidewalk and stuff to get a good position in the line because you know it's where you are in the line is where you get to start oh, really and so you see these pictures I saw a picture of another guy who came on a camp and he was lying down there with a, a little mattress thing and a, oh, and, great a, and a and a beanie on and, uh, and, a, and a rug over him and stuff so that is one of the downsides of a rolling start is you got to get down to that start line early wow that's kind of crazy yeah so in terms of the race though Gotta get a beloved to, to a guy called James Burke. Eight forty eight. And it oh he was he was thirty seconds off of dojo domination. Wait a second, so is this no, no pro race? Uh well there is no such thing anymore, is there apparently? Oh, yeah, of course. So but it was a no payment. He was, payment in, he was in, yeah, thirty five to thirty nine age group. Uh he swam forty six forty seven, his biked four fifty three, and then ran two fifty eight for an eight forty eight. Fantastic! That is effort. good, good effort, uh, and yeah, 20, it was just under twenty minutes, nineteen minutes and thirty seconds, back to second place uh, on the the girls' side of things. Kind of ironic here, the girl who won it was from Kailua Kona.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> so she's <laughs> racing. It took away.
1: Yeah. Take take um, heads off. She's a consultant from Kailua, 25 to 29 age group, and she went 10 hours and four seconds, only 27 seconds faster. Her name was Christine Nichols from Kona. Uh, second place, Maria grammel it uh, was only 27 seconds back, but you wouldn't have known that because they could have started anywhere in the, the old rolling starts. Yep. So good stuff, you guys, and ha- glad everybody got to have a swim at Louisville.
0: One piece of news we've heard a lot about this week is this concept of uh, what's happening in Ironman Melbourne. Uh, it seems that there's a lot of confusion because the F1 that happens in Melbourne every year has tried to change its date, and it seems it's kind of changing a lot. And, and we've got this actually on reason. next week's show. We've yeah, got we're more Xavier,
1: don't we? Xavier um, about this. But apparently, it's going to be on in some shape or form. Whether, what day it's going to be on, but there's just going to be some changes. Well, one
0: thing Xavier says is it definitely hasn't been cancelled yet. Yeah. So but they have
1: stopped taking entries. Yeah. So pain I mean, us what? when that thing's like yeah. that. Yeah. Same thing happened in New Zealand. Um, we've had the, new, the national championships in Wellington. They moved the date this year to try to get into school holidays. Nothing on that weekend. And then the sevens, rugby sevens, big tournament in New Zealand, They moved their day. dates on the same day. Uh. So, uh. Well, no one
0: goes to Sevens nowadays. No. <laughs>
1: you know, it's a dying thing yet, isn't it? Good, good move by um, WTC. They had to cancel or postpone Ironman Maryland. A lot of people thought it was going to be cancelled. They did say they're going to have a provision, provisionally try to run it on October 17th, and they made it happen. And that's, whilst you say, oh, they should... You know, so it's, this weekend. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot of work to change a race yeah, race sorry, like that. Yeah. So good on them for putting in the hard yards and, and making that happen. Okay, so
0: that's pretty much a quick update on all the other news. John, patrons.
1: Yes, we've got to so pick up. have got f- it all out. Oh, no, I've, I've, yeah, the thing with you patrons, when you, when you um, join up, it's really cool to send a little um, bit of insight. insight about yourself, send your photo through, go on to imtalk.me and you can see the pictures of all our fantastic patrons. We've got to come up with a few names here. I've done like, a couple of them, but that's why I've put a bit of insight in here, Bevan, so we can help okay, us. Okay, Ken
0: Welsh. Yes. He's got. I'm going to do one here. Um, I gave you a couple of reviews on iTunes back in 2006. Nice. Shows how long I've been listening. He lives near Vancouver, Canada.
1: He grew up near Vancouver. Oh, sorry. Canada.
0: Uh, moved to the states in '95, and I lead a local triathlon coaching company called my uh, MWtricoaching.com. So if you're in the Kansas area and you're looking on focusing on some training, you want to get in contact with good old Ken Walsh, and and I'm going to
1: call him the Mighty Red. The Mighty Red. Okay. Yeah,
0: because Welsh. What's colours Welsh? Yes, red. The red yeah. And then, what colour's Canada?
1: Red. No, nice. The mighty red. Okay, the mighty red. Yes. Okay, next up, you. Uh, let me just write that one down, so I've uh, got it. So Sorry for your listeners, I'm just uh, typing. No, no, it's good, it's
0: good. It's okay. I'm just looking at his next website. You gotta here, help me. A nice. Man.
1: you got to help me with this one, Yancey Arrington. He's a local boy. Well, he, he is and he isn't. He... He moved to Christchurch from wherever Yancy was from, somewhere in the States, because he was listening to the show. No way. Well that was part that was part of the emphasis. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, Yancey moved over here from the States. Now Yancy can't run now. He is it his knee he blew out his knee. He was a good runner too, wasn't he? He was a good runner. Um blew his knee out and he's just basically a cyclist now. He couldn't He could never swim. He was a terrible swimmer. Sorry, Yancey, but you were a terrible swimmer. He's a
0: real nice guy. I've only met him a few times, but but every time he's got a real nice energy.
1: He is a solid biker. Really? Really solid, and he's got better and better and better. So what what are we going to do here, Bevan? He's he's American, moved to New Zealand, not a triathlete anymore because he can't. uh, He's always smiling. There's something about Yancey. He's got a big beard as well and a shaved He's got a beard happening now. Well, he changes it, and he had a fancy moustache at one stage. Okay, man of fashion. Man of fashion? Yeah. Yancey Harrington. Oh, okay. Right. What have you? What's going on here? Saving. He's a man of fashion. Okay. Man of fashion. Yeah.
0: Man We've got Paul Link, uh, the chainsaw. Yes. Paul Chainsaw Link. He was, I am, took Age group of a week in 2011, John. My proudest achievement, he's saying. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, as a part of the Atlanta Triathlon Club race team. And my coach is the famous, awesome Alan Cousins from Endurance Corner, who we often get. He's done 20 I Man. Forty halves. I'm a crappy, so I'm a decent cyclist, okay runner. Sometimes I've been married twenty one years and have three teenage kids. I've been a software developer in my entire career, and now do software development at home automation and home automation and home theater market. Now he's the twin. Yes, he is. Yeah, those two twins. They crack me up Identical. Yeah, and they're both characters. They're really
1: (laughs) top guys. Yeah. Paul, Chainsaw Link. And then I've done the next one, uh, Tommy Tommy Hoppy Craig. Why the Hoppy? Hoppy. See if you can get where I'm going with this. Okay. He, uh, Tommy founded the Long Beach Island Triathlon Club in New Jersey in 2012. And since then, we've grown to about 250 members. Nice. Uh, and you can check that out at uh, lbitriclub.com. And you get them on Facebook as well. After years of racing, I've stepped up to... Long course last year and a long-term plan of getting to the Big Island. Nice. So I'm sort of thinking he's he's from Long Beach Island. Yep. And he wants to get to the Big Island. Uh. So he's a bit of an island hopper. Oh, nice. Hoppy. Yeah. Nice. I'll give it to you. Go I'll give it to you. And the last one we've got is Rob Lockwood. I've got it. I've got You've it. Got it. The key. The key. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The key. Come on, Lockwood.
0: <laughs> the key. The key. He's got the key to all the... He's the answer. He's the key. He's got the key to open the doors. Fantastic. Rob the
1: key. Fantastic. Yeah. That one. So, like um one. you guys that sign up to be patrons, remember, you could be with us in Kona next year. Yeah, because everyone who signs up goes under the draw to want a free entry to Kona last year. Or if not we, entry to the uh, no race. race. I mean, free... Basically, you travel two two grand towards your two grand US towards your airfares. Uh, we'll sort out accommodation and we'll sort you out with food as well. Yeah, we we'll look after you, and you get to hang out
0: with the boys. Exactly, and uh, you have an amazing experience. Um, go to www.imtalk.me It's all very obvious Once you get to the page Look for community And you join up from there Jombo sponsors athlinks.com, Social networking for endurance athletes Extreme endurance The Lactate Buffett And our patrons and you guys are rock stars And you know who you are Jombo Who's going to win next year? Is it going to be a repeat? Is it going to be like that now?
1: Kind of think so yeah. I think
0: the year after Is going to be fascinating When you go me here
1: Mm, it's true.
0: Like, yeah. I almost hope Gomez gets injured so he has to play out the Olympics <laughs> and then turns up to Kona.
1: Yeah, but no, it's very hard to see these guys getting beaten, especially Reef. Frodo, you know, somebody could take a flyer off the front. He did look just a tickle susceptible on the run. Yeah. Reef didn't really look like she had too many troubles. Uh, so it was. We could Chrissy on
0: her hands here, couldn't we? We
1: could do because it's very do. much
0: similar outside of it. She wins mm. everything outside of this mm. race too.
1: So the two very dominant athletes, you know, Frodo uh, seventy point three world champion Frankfurt. they both got those three, the three biggest titles in one year. Yeah, that's pretty awesome.
0: That is pretty impressive, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So we, we could see a repeat pattern happening over the next few period of time. Jobo Goss.
1: No, just I think we covered, it was basically a Kona, Kona Sunday for me, and I uh, am back running, so fingers crossed, well, sort of back running, I'm up to I do 40 minutes on Saturday, Sunday, i going to try 50 minutes on the treadmill so today, race. Uh, if the things go, hopefully I can get to this weekend and I can do a half quality workout, so we're getting we're getting closer, but I'm, I've clearly lost that key period of training, uh, but might be okay to race, <laughs> and... Hopefully, this time next ship, next week, we'll be into the semi-finals yes, of the World Cup. Yes, that's right. Who
0: will we play? We'll we play the winner of France. Will we play South, South Fi- Africa. No, South Africa or Wales. Yeah. Are you saying yeah. Wales going to lose are they? Yeah. I, the oh, only, who, knows? who knows? Wales. The only my, my, the only thing I think for Wales is they've lost. So they've had so many injuries, mm. and you know.
1: So. Whilst well, so I'm not confident in our team, And I'm not being Mr. Pessimistic. No, there's a lot of New Zealand. Actually, not very I, I actually I am slightly confident to okay. the finals. I'm confident that. If we get injuries, we're okay. Whereas all the other teams are kind of screwed yeah. if they get injuries. Whereas,
0: well, okay. you think France—they're a bogey team. Mm. But right now, we should. The French have been them. crap for the last few years. Like in and the, there's five nations. They've got third and fourth and fifth. Yeah. So you know. So you know we should. We do have them. to get over that hurdle. South Africa's not Tricky. that great right now Yeah, Welsh they're all bloody injured So either side That we should be It's more if we beat Australia in the final Is the thing Because Australia seems Don't to be get the a dominant ahead of yourself. team
1: Don't get ahead of yourself So
0: It's just sad Because Australia's got a pretty easy run to the final
1: We've got to play very well every game Everybody's got to play very well yeah. from here on yeah, no, in You can't no have guarantees. a shitty game
0: No guarantees One There is one guarantee,'? guy right? The Poms aren't going to be in the final. Yes, it's funny. And one of the you know all sports guys around the world now probably a lot of sports guys are promoted by Beats by Dre, you know, right. big earphones. Did you see the oh, yeah. Richie McCaw ad?
1: No. Oh yeah, no, I did.
0: So there's a big campaign in New Zealand around Richie McCaw, who's our All Black captain, and there's a, um, quite an amazing video they made with him running and all kind of cultural stuff, and it's him at the end of it, kind of with his Beats on. But they did one for the captain of. The POM team. Mm. I don't know his name. Is he, he he's sure? The guy with the beard or something? Yeah. Yeah. And it says it finishes with him saying, We don't lose at home.
1: <laughs> 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 you think you, This couldn't have been a worse
0: ad. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, so there you go. Anyway, that's pretty much our show. It's been long enough. Jumbo.
1: I'm Iron i Oh, men don't train hard. Train smart Kia
0: Kia kaha, kaha.